He is a Denver native born of Denver natives. A former Denver chief deputy district attorney, he is now an active Colorado trial lawyer. Bright, independent, and full of fun, he has been part of the media for decades. This is The Craig Silverman Show. Oh, what a world, what a life, what a day. Saturday, February 19, 2022. This show dedicated to my big brother, his birthday, February 19th. Miss you, Bill. Don't miss this show because I have Pam Anderson on. She's running to be Colorado Secretary of State, and she has a chance. She's being challenged by Tina Peters in the hottest primary race in Colorado. You will not hear another interview of Pam Anderson like this one. We talk about Donald Trump, the big lie, all sorts of things, and it's great. Followed by Matt Crane, and that gets a little R-rated because I start cursing. I get Matt to curse. The subject of our ire, the big lie. It could ruin our democracy, and some of us are pissed, but you know that about me. Dave Gunders doesn't like it either. He's got a great song, Don't Buy on Credit. Dedicated to Donald Trump, who has no more good credit. Now that his accountants say you can't trust the guy, yeah, no kidding. The walls are closing in. And I have a new feature at the end of this show. You have to listen to this after you listen to Dave Gunders. Don't buy on credit. What a great song he wrote back in the day. And we have a good discussion around it as per usual. But speaking of good discussions, our great guest... Alexander Theodoridis, the professor from UMass Amherst, was a guest again on Peter Boyle's show. And my gosh, what he said in one three-minute stretch, I have to play it right now, followed by an amazing confession from Peter Boyle's. Way to go, Peter. He's starting to stand up against the big lie, and maybe it's because of litigation, whatever. Is there backsliding? Well... Tune in toward the end of the show for Right Wing Media Watch. But let's give credit where it's due to Professor Theodoridis, who talks this incredible truth to Peter Boyle's audience. Give a listen to this, including him calling out Charlottesville and the bullying. And he gives us the title of our show, Episode 84, Deal-Breaking Bullshit. Some things have to be deal-breakers. Listen to this, and then hear an incredible quote by Peter Boyles. Then we go to Pam Anderson, and then we go to Matt Crane. Then we have Right Wing Media Watch. We have Dave Gunders, our troubadour. It's a big show. Listen to what the professor told Peter Boyles' audience. This is why we have hope. Let the people hear the truth. I'm a Ronald Reagan fan, and I wonder what happened to Ronald Reagan's big tent. Remember Ronald Reagan talked about the big tent? And just to give you an idea of how this operates, we have, I call it the wall of hate. People send us text messaging, and other than your ethnicity, (laughs) it's like, so someone asked, this is the either or. Who's crazier, Trump voters or Biden voters? It's not an either, it's not an either or. And they they turned it into this. And uh, another one, uh, so who are you going to vote for? 
a conservative this. A conservative. I said, no, it, it, that, isn't, that has nothing to do with any of this. And that's what these media giants that control all of this or the rest of the, the fools that, as they said, the fiddle and middles of stations are gone. It's not an either yeah. or. And at some point, at some point, you like to think. I mean, what what you're describing is sort of what aboutism, right? Which, oh, sure, which happens all the all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, oh well, okay, because that that's the natural reaction. Like, you know, okay, this is a bad thing, but what about this? What about that? What yeah. about this? The other yeah. group did. The point is, at some point, you can always find things like that. Hmm. But at some point, you like to think that there are deal breakers. Right. Things that if the if the person does it, that's it. Right. And so, you know, before 2016, I would have liked to think that Donald Trump's um, fairly, you know, fairly clear and transparent racist appeals would have been a deal breaker for a lot of people. Well, they weren't. And then the, you know, Charlottesville, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the saying, you know, very mm-hmm. fine people on both sides and just being unwilling to do what every president would have done before that, which is just to condemn this, even if you don't believe it, just condemn it in a full-throated way. And, you know, uh, that, that, that unwillingness would have been a deal breaker. And it. then, you know, other stuff along the way. But, but you know, at the, the very most recent example, or I mean, it's, it's an ongoing example, um, you know, is is January 6th and the big lie. And mm-hmm. that's apparently not a deal breaker for a lot of but people. But they had people's supporters uh, that tell you that isn't what you saw, and it was this, and they come up with video, and they do all of this craziness, but it, I call it right. the, the Shroud of Turin defense. Or the better one that I've called, and I got hell for it, because some guy said, I didn't understand it, was the Lyndon Johnson defense. When Richard Nixon is caught, his supporters said, well, Lyndon Johnson told lies too, as, yeah. as, as if that made it okay. Right, right. And you're right. I mean, there are people out there that tell you it was, Antifa and Black Lives Matter and the FBI, and then they got all these different videos, and they, they spin this stuff. And yeah. well, that, and they get emboldened though. Well, I mean, sure, that's of course. The thing is that normally, normally you expect elites to marginalize that kind of thing because they don't want to be attached to that. I mean, you know, it's it's, but but that seems to not well, be the case because I think well, they've discovered that nothing matters. Well, to the you wall. Know, there's no for you, professor. It says, "Get this lib off. Don't ever bring him back." All right. Yeah. See, yeah. and, you know, we talk about how the left silences voices. And to, so do these people. I mean, I, like I said, when the time comes, but it's been a run. It's been interesting to watch this from a group yeah. of people you, you would not expect it from. Right. Yeah, you're not. You're, yeah, they don't I mean, like what you thing. say, so you shouldn't be allowed to say it. Yeah. And, and just, you know, going. I, I just think too much of it is just people not having not having the backbone. That's why I'm so disappointed. And some people who are friends of mine, I've lost respect. My God, they're opinion leaders and they can't stand up to this authoritarian nonsense bullshit. The big lie that's destroying America, they won't stand up to the Tina Peters of the world, the Mike Lindells, the Steve Bannon, Roger Stone, ultimately the Donald Trumps. I lose respect. We could lose our community, our country, because you are supposed to be the backstop, the voices of reason, especially if you are a lawyer and you know better. You've got to do more. Call out Joe Altman. Listen to Right Wing Media Watch. 
what a show Peter Boyles or George Brockler or Dan Kaplis could have if they had the courage to confront the big lie in Colorado. It's the biggest story in the world. We don't give a shit what you say about crime in Colorado when you won't address the biggest crime in the country in my lifetime. And it's ongoing. And for those of you who say it's a witch hunt, holy cow, or those who say, well, you can't trust the January 6th committee. You know what? You're just doing Donald Trump's bidding and you're ruining America. And that's where it's a deal breaker. But listen to this self-revelation by Peter Boyles. Can you believe that I woke up to hear him, hear him saying this? And yes, I do listen. One, it's kind of a habit. Two, in this war against the big lie and Trumpism, there are a lot of battlefronts. And because I'm familiar with this battlefront, I'm keeping tabs. Other people, they monitor Telegram or they monitor Fox News. That gives me a stomachache now. Or uh, Steve Bannon's podcast or Joel Oltman's conservative daily podcast. I don't want to do that. I'm glad there are other people who do it. Quentin Young watched all those videos from January 6th. There are a lot of us with our individual responsibilities. I'm watching right-wing media. Go to the end of the show for my further takedown of what's been happening there. But listen to this statement by the guy who runs Denver Trump Radio, Peter Boyles, or at least he used to. Does Corcoran run it now? Who's running that place? Trump? You know, lessons learned when all you do is call someone a name, you've lost the argument. You've lost the discussion. When you present facts and evidence, then you you got a dog in the fight, but just calling people names, you've already lost your argument. Good morning, everyone. David Harsani coming up. It's a Wednesday, February the 16th. Snow in the cast. Snow in the cast. Yeah, I can see the white. I can see how white power guys like this kind of talk that Donald Trump has to say. I'm worried about the white power implications. Glad that Peter Boyles is going to stop calling names, but holy cow, where's that been? I'm going to put it out on Twitter, what Boyles just said there, and let people list the various names that he's called people. Let's start with Sport Coat Boy. That's his name for Kyle Clark. Kyle Clark, who is another news leader around here, and he's holding up his end of the job, calling out George Brockler and Dan Kaplis for saying that the names of these teachers should be released in Douglas County. Fellas, it's not in a vacuum. These are dangerous times. Joe Oltman's out in Douglas County. You get them all whipped up. It's all connected. And at the end of the show, I'm going to play Kyle Clark's piece running from Brockler all the way to Oltman, but it's not that far because the first time most of us heard of Oltman, or at least I did, is when he started appearing on Brockler's show as a special guest, paid advertiser for something called Pin Business Network. They received, what, 86 grand in the last election from the Douglas County School Board 3 that fired the superintendent. They were supported by Brockler, who wants to be a kingmaker out of Douglas County where he lives, I'm putting this all together in right-wing media watch at the end of this show. This show's got a lot. Wait till you hear Pam Anderson 
and Matt Crane is terrific, and we get a little explicit. So there's that warning on this episode. It's a long one. It's a doozy. Enjoy. Michael, of course, is a great sponsor of my show, but more than that, he's my lawyer, my end-of-life planning lawyer, and I've got two dogs. What about you? I have two dogs right now as well. And not only do you love your dogs at home with your kids and your wife, but you get involved with dog issues in your law practice. Tell everybody about that. So I will write pet trusts, which is you can earmark money to take care of your pets. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, they've got their dogs and you know, they love their dogs. But then if somebody were to, you know, if, you're, if you were to pass away, you know, who's going to take your dogs? Who would, who would love your dogs as much as you do? I don't know that anybody would love your dogs as much as you do. But like, I grew up with dogs. And so if I were to pass away, then my parents or my siblings could take the dogs. So when you set up a pet trust, you can dictate who's going to get those dogs and then who you can leave money to take care of the dogs as well. I like working with you and I think you are ahead of your time. You have 15 different locations. How cool is that? It's, it is nice to be able to go to all the different locations and you know meet people where it's comfortable and more convenient for them. And nobody wants to drive from one part of Metro Denver to the other to meet with a lawyer. You will come to them. Yep and I'll deal with traffic so you don't have to. Tell us how people can get in touch with you. My direct phone number is 720-394-6887, or they can go to my website, which is mobileestateplanning.com. And again, that's mobileestateplanning.com. And there's even a schedule, you know, there's a book an appointment link on, this, on the website. All right, Michael Bailey, thank you. I've been fighting for Colorado crime victims for the last four decades. There's a great new Colorado law. It allows victims as far back as January 1, 1960 to hold accountable the perpetrators and the organizations that allowed it to happen. If you were sexually assaulted, now is the time to come forward. Call me anytime you are ready at 303-861-2800. Ask for Craig, Craig Silverman, a voice for victims. I have the distinct honor of welcoming Pam Anderson, candidate for Secretary of State of Colorado, to her first ever podcast. Thanks for doing this, Pam. Uh, It's quite the honor, Craig. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Tell everybody about yourself. Well, uh, I am a candidate. I'm a Republican candidate for Colorado Secretary of State. Um, I was the Jefferson County clerk and recorder for two terms. We have term limits in in Jefferson County. And prior to that, I was a municipal clerk. After being term limited, um, my husband and I are business owners. We have small manufacturing companies, but I also have my own consulting business where I uh, uh, teach uh, local election officials best practices, training and education, professional ethics. Um, I was the executive director for the Colorado County Clerks Association for five years, um, and I go all over the country talking about um, how to improve access and integrity to our elections. Gosh, I like that kind of talk. I'm all for election integrity. I've never seen it challenged quite like it is right now. But uh, you know what's cool about podcasts? Can I tell you a couple of rules? Yeah. 
you are allowed to curse if you want to. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and I said that. Well, to my, my mom might listen to this, so I'm not sure that's a good idea. Has your mom ever heard you curse? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Afraid so. And how involved is mom in this political run? Because the one time I made a foray in 1996, I'd say my top person was my mom. Yeah, you know, I've been, uh, I don't know, exponentially blessed in support. I think I'm probably um, the most reluctant person <laughs> in uh, in running for office when I have run for office. I'm, I've actually twice blessed in the mom department, my own mom and dad. I'm from a law enforcement family. Um, my dad is a retired uh, California Highway Patrol officer. My husband and I met in college, and he imported me a little over 30 years ago um, from California Lutheran University. And my parents weren't real political. My, you know, my dad, law enforcement, um, kind of, I don't know, we didn't talk politics, but kind of a blue dog Democrat, I would describe um, from the law enforcement nice. perspective. My mom is is very conservative. I grew up in Reagan country, Ventura County. The Reagan Library overlooks the the valley I grew up in. My first campaign was uh, bumper stickers for Reagan when I was 14. But uh, I also have my mother-in-law who served in the legislature for almost 20 years, uh, Norma Anderson. She was the first woman majority leader for- uh, From both Lakewood. Yes, yes, sir. Um, so our Sunday dinners like couldn't her. be here. Yeah, we um, have a lot of public service, um, both in, in my own family. Um, my dad's retired cop. Both my sisters, I'm the oldest of three girls. Um, my two younger sisters are both in law enforcement, um, California Highway Patrol, just like my dad. And um, my middle sister is a an assistant chief, one of the highest ranking women in the in the agency. My youngest sister is an officer, accident investigator, uh, expert, and they're both married to law enforcement officers. So that sort of public service front, both with my own immediate family growing up, as well as uh, as my in-laws, um, you know, we believe in, in, in giving back. And, um, and that's sort of uh, why I have so much support. They're just, you know, couldn't be uh, happier for me to pursue what I, I see as an extension of my life's work. So what year did you get here to Colorado? 1992. Those were interesting times. And were you in Lakewood or thereabouts? Yeah. So um, so uh, Norma had um, like 15 acres and unincorporated Jeffco down there in South Lakewood-ish area. And they had a, a horse horse uh boarding horses the small business owners and how many um, condos are on it now I'm yeah exactly. it's it true yeah my in-laws divorced before before i met them and and uh as part of the settlement they had to sell the property mm. um and so uh she actually lives just across uh, the street near bear creek high school um where my my husband graduated from no way. Bear creek and um, that was sort of where the area that they lived in, where my husband grew up, and they had they had about 15 acres there. And back then, it was old Kipling, and they leased about a thousand acres around there. Um, and um, now it's all built up, but um, that's you know sort of his experience growing up. Mine, um, like I said, was you know at the time was a small town in uh, in Ventura County, which is you know, up the coast between LA and, and, uh, and Santa Barbara. 
um, largely agricultural. I bet California Lutheran was pretty. You know what's pretty cool? 1992 when you got here, I met a girl from Bear Creek High School, and Mm -hmm. uh, she's now my wife of almost three decades. So yeah, ain't that a small world? We're coming up on 28 years. Nice. yeah. So uh, when, were, when were you married? Maybe we shared the same date because ours, yeah. November 26, 1994. Ah, well, we beat you just by a little bit. July 9th, 1994. We're, we're leading parallel lives. I have great respect for Norma Anderson. I, I think I interacted with her. You know, I carried a badge myself as a prosecutor uh, yes, for sir. 16 years. Then I ran against my boss, Bill Ritter. And uh, he won. I ran on the platform that politics and prosecution are a poor mix. I think politics and counting votes, that's a poor mix, too. Yeah, you know, my my uh, the reason why I got in, I, I you know, I left office in uh, January of 2015. And, and my husband and I have been building our businesses since then. And while I still stayed in the policy, leadership and policy and elections administration field. Um, You know, what I saw was in 2018, what we're seeing is a really high turnover in in local office um, for county clerks. We had 30% turnover in 2018. And I started seeing a, a, a disturbing trend, both in the Secretary of State's office and a few of our local offices where you know, often you've seen, uh, especially local officials, they they get into office and they're like, I was, you know, I got a mandate and it's, you know, I'm I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat. And um, and they take a more partisan approach to to the office temporarily. But then the, the weight of the office and their responsibilities under the constitutions and and state law come down. And also they experience that elections aren't a partisan issue that, you know, voters you know, all want the same thing. They want they want to be able to 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 have uh, access to their voting rights and it not being confusing. And they also want to make sure that their vote counts. And you know, not to overemphasize Ronald Reagan, but um, he said it should be easy to vote and hard to cheat. And my record as an election official sort of represents that. I, you know, we we do have a lot of activism in this realm right now around. Um, elections but but that's not entirely new since since 2000 and the bush v gore um race and and then we implemented electronic voting you know i really felt like we needed to make sure that you know you didn't have to say to your government your county clerk or your secretary of state you know um they they didn't have to say hey trust us i'm your government we wanted independent verifiability here in in colorado and so i advocated strongly and led on voter verified paper ballots. And then I got an award from Wayne Williams um, and the National Association of Secretaries of State, the medallion award for my work on the uh, risk limited audits that we do that give us confidence that with those counting those paper ballots, were they counted by the calculator accurately? And and can we prove that? And, And making sure that we have bipartisan transparency in citizen elections and that Anonymous ballots are public record, and um, all of those things are super important to confidence. And what I saw was this trend with um, elected election officials of real hyperpartisan polarizing rhetoric that just freaks voters out. Um, 
And I just don't think that's right. I think we need to restore responsible, um, nonpartisan, fair referees uh, to this office. Oh, I love that kind of talk. And you're well aware that there are a lot of threats that go with this job. It is horrible. And we'll talk later if you want about why that's come into being. But I think it's your law enforcement background that says, I'll step up. I know how to do this job. And yeah, there might be some danger, but it's pretty darn important for our community, for our society, for America, that we have fair elections and that people have the courage to come and do it. That's what I, I'm I'm presuming you are a do-gooder like that. Are you a do-gooder? So I am passionate about my work, and I do feel like, like a lot of people, I want the work that I do to have meaning. And I was, I've been very lucky in, in my career and my experiences. I think being the county clerk can be the most rewarding, hardest and most rewarding work. You are on the front lines of history. And I, you know, there, there are professional ethics that come with that, like there are with many professions. And, and part of that is you know, leave leave the the partisanship at the door. I'm I'm a political person. I've been a conservative Republican my entire adult life. Even well, as I said, even before that, when I was 14. But there are certain jobs that need to remain above the fray. Um, and you've alluded to it. I think I think the Secretary of State is one of them. I've been extremely disturbed about Jenna Griswold's activity. Look, you know, when I was a county clerk. My my social media from my office was no different than my campaign political social media because people don't see any difference. There's no invisible force field. And, you know, there, there are lots of examples of how, you know, you, you have a regulatory responsibility, for example, to forward discrepancies or possible legal violations like we have against the Mesa County Clerk, my new opponent, Tina Peters, to the appropriate law enforcement agencies. But we're Jenna crosses the line as then she goes and fundraises off of a pending criminal investigation. That's not okay either. Um, I think, I think um, we need to step back and say we expect more from the Secretary of State's office. And we want to go back to the long tradition Colorado has of, of um, you know, electing and having responsive government, but also knowing that that we want somebody that's going to be that fair referee, not weaponize the office, not use it as a political football, and not use it as a political stepping stone to go to Congress. Well, let me ask you this. Did you ever listen to my afternoon radio show with Dan Kaplis? Do you remember that I, at all, Kaplis and Silverman? Uh, maybe you listened, maybe you didn't. I did. Yeah, well, you didn't hear me, but yes, yes, of course I did, yeah. Oh, well, that's nice. No, I didn't hear Um Thank you for listening. But you, but you may recall that uh, he is adamantly pro-life and socially conservative. And when I hear you say, I'm a longtime conservative, fair to say you're pro-life, right? Pro no, not, you're I'm not? not fair. No, I, I'm actually lean more on the libertarian side. Um, my personal feelings, uh, my personal health beliefs, I think, are are probably different than what I think the well, role of boy, government. I'm glad I asked then. So uh, when you say you're conservative, I I guess I'm conservative on some things. I I sought the death penalty against Frank Rodriguez and obtained that verdict in Denver. 
And people thought, wow, that's a pretty conservative thing to do. But I just thought it was the right thing to do. Uh, but, but what is it about you that makes you say, I'm conservative? Well, you know, I, I believe that, you know, uh, government has a certain role, particularly the federal government and government closest to the people is best. I don't believe no government. I believe in effective, efficient government as the county clerk, for example. You know, we, I, was, I was county clerk during the most difficult economic circumstances since the Great Depression mm-hmm. in 2000, over 2008. And, and how long did you serve again, Pam? Eight years. And did and, you have and, any hint of scandal or was it smooth running? It was it was smooth running. It was it was challenging, both from the economic perspective and efficiency perspective and maintaining services. And I want to share that a little bit. But it's also, you know, elections and and um, are complicated. They're they're fantastic because they're a beautiful combination of like human with a political overlay, technical computers, IT expert, communications, educating voters, all of those things. Um, and so and you know what? I can hear the passion in your voice when you talk about that stuff. It yeah. turns you on. You like that yeah. stuff. And, and, you know, mistakes can happen when you have, you know, uh, humans. We have we have citizen elections here, bipartisan election judges that serve and actually conduct the work of the election. The county clerk oversees it. And so, you know, there can be mistakes or discrepancies. And we need, you know, what we have is a system that that captures those you know, and evaluates them, you know, fraud does exist. Absolutely. Um, but when there is a mistaken election, for example, one of my opponents um, didn't empty a drop box uh, in an election and, and discovered now, ballots. Who, is it? who are you talking about? Uh, Tina Peters. And, and we, we, Tina- by the way, we love talking about Tina Peters on my show. I, I like talking about her because to me, she is a fundamental threat to America, and I call her out. So don't be shy talking about Tina Peters. Those are my words, not yours, but go ahead. Well, I do think that when you are an elected official that there's you have a record and there's accountability. I agree with that. And I think that you know it couldn't be more clear the differences between me and, frankly, all my opponents um, for the race. I, you know... If, if you make a mistake in the election, so, you know, it could be, you know, not a, a conspiracy. It could be just a human error. And there was an incident where, um, where Clerk Peters um, discovered at an election that the, the ballot box outside her office wasn't emptied um, for the previous election. Now, it was outside the contest period. And, and, and her, her response was that, well, we looked at you know where the ballots were from, and it wouldn't have impacted the outcome of an election. And, and frankly, I don't think that was good enough. I think that um, as a sworn election official, um, with that oath you take, I would have gone to court and say, I want to count these ballots. And if I can't count them, I want to give people vote credit because it wasn't their fault. In other words, give them credit for turning in a ballot. It was my fault that that, that didn't happen. And, and as an election official, I, I, I think my proven record is I always... But I knew where the buck stopped. Um, and you, you're just citing one in about 100 examples. I've had Scott McGinnis on my show. I, I've studied what's going on over there in Mesa County. And she's just not trustworthy. She's in the tank for Trump. She'll do whatever her orders are from Mike Lindell and Mar-a-Lago. That's just obvious to me. And in a wonderful world where 
you came to Colorado, where I grew up here, these kind of people would be ridiculed and shunted to the side. And in the four-way Republican primary you face, she should get like 2% of the vote. But she's going to get a lot more than that because we live in some really interesting times. Do you agree? I do agree. We do live in interesting times. And it's one of the reasons why I've stepped forward. Um, what about again, these other two people? I'm worried they're going to divide up your vote and let Tina Peters win. Who are they? What are they doing? So um, I have two other opponents. I, I have not yet met them on the campaign trail um, as I've gone out and visited with Republican voters. Um, but I would say that um, that they're more in the in in the same philosophical position as Tina, Tina Peters. If you look at their website, Mega um, Mega Looney, they, they're would, buying the big lie. They're big lie buyers. I, I believe I'm the only candidate that says I do not see evidence that the election outcome was incorrect, particularly here in Colorado. And I don't demur on that. I've been in other states. I testified in Pennsylvania with the Republican legislature in 2021 talking about their election and now moving forward how elections can be improved. That's my work. You know who and, you remind me of with that kind mm-hmm. of straight talk? Your mother-in-law, Norma. Because I <laughs> consider what you just said Normal. Normal people don't believe this big lie bullshit. They're ICUST. And I get worked <laughs> up about this because I think it's going to ruin the country. Now, I made a horrible assumption because I thought a lot of people hate Jenna Griswold's guts because from the platform of being Secretary of State, she did things in support of Planned Parenthood and pro choice causes. Didn't bother me, but I could see. If you're pro-life, how that would bother you, but you're telling me you're not pro-life. So what is it that bugs you about Jenna? What what I where I see the partisan problem and the hyperpartisan rhetoric is how she's taken a regulatory authority and weaponized the offense, not just on the elections administration side, but there's a political access piece. There's a couple of things here. There's a political access piece with initiatives. Right. With candidates. And I have had candidates that are not Republican, not Democratic, but for unaffiliated candidates saying, look, she, uh, we feel targeted. You know, she's refiled against unaffiliated. I believe that that she has weaponized that office thinking that it'll help my party if I you know, use my penalty phase over here, but not over here. And, and I think we'll hear more about that through the election. The other piece is I believe this is a real job. And, you know, when I was Jefferson County Clerk and Recorder, I led a team of over 120, right? It's a management job. Secretary of State's office, there's also the business side, let business licensing and, you know, how important that that department is for the business community. And we've had, we've seen, I've seen some parallels between, you know, an elected official like Tina Peters and Jenna Griswold. And one of those parallels is on leadership. So this was ouch, before the ouch. That's really harsh. Do you really want to throw that low of a blow to call Jenna well, Griswold me, the same as Tina Peters? I can tell you why. Jenna Griswold, and this was before the pandemic, had over a two hundred percent turnover in her upper leadership position. Tina Peters has gone through multiple uh, sort of layoffs of her elections off 
offices and it, it goes beyond that to motor vehicles. I think that my record is I bring the best and brightest to work for me. And I, I as the Colloquium Recorder and as the Executive Director for the Clerks Association, it couldn't have been more important. I watched up close how you know, taking that more partisan, hyperpartisan worldview, and from a leadership perspective, if you only can surround yourself with yes people, that's a problem. You want bright people that'll challenge you, right? And and I believe that if you're singularly focused on the political piece, if you govern by press release, the best and brightest in your field, the professionals in the in this work, don't want to stay. And I wow. think that's what You've said a lot of things. Now you refer to unaffiliated, and I happen to be one. I've been that way for a long time, and I don't perceive any of that Jenna Griswold pressure on me, but that's just me. I also interact with the Secretary of State's office, and it's been fine. It's been seamless. I like Wayne Williams a lot. He was an experienced dude. He did a good job, just like you did in Jefferson County. Plus, he's an attorney, which I like attorneys, being one myself. <laughs> Jenna Griswold's been in Craig's Lawyer's Lounge. And I think that was a good line of attack by Wayne against her when she had no experience. But now she's had four years, and I don't see a lot of big mess-ups. I think she's had to weather an incredible storm from a lot of wacko Tina Peters, Joe Altman, uh, FEC United, Randy Corcoran types, and... She's weathered that storm. Would you give her that? I believe that, yes, there is a function of the office where you need to respond. You need to respond to the voices that are um, misleading voters. I, I do believe that. But I think she goes further than that. I believe that when you compare her office outreach and her political outreach, and like I said, there's no, in, there's no invisible force field between that. When you, when you tag an entire party, Right. And say that they don't believe in democracy, you know, or vilifying people. That I know, but what's going on in your party? Let's talk about this, Pam, because you're one of our hopes. You're a reasonable Republican. Do you, do you agree with that? Are you reasonable? I am reasonable. I'm and, and, and that's why you don't go for the big lie. And, and let's just be candid, because I'm too old to bullshit around this subject that I do feel like American democracy is at risk. Do you feel it too? Isn't that why you're coming out to say, I'll do it? I do believe that. I believe it started in, you know, in 2006, where we had nation state actors like China and Russia trying to influence American democracy through social media, right? I believe that we have a real true risk around cybersecurity. Right. And became um, very closely connected in, in training um, with our county clerks and myself with the Department of Homeland Security to help train local election officials. But, but Pam, said, but Pam, what I, is the I, greatest threat to election integrity right now as we speak to each other? What is it? I think the threat is lies about what elections are. Correct. And and those and lies are coming from Mar-a-Lago and his minions willing to swill that bullshit. And you step up, and I'm proud of you for doing that, but isn't that the number one threat right now? I agree, China, Russia, 
all the things you talked about, I want somebody who can handle that too. But right now, the threat is uh, the big lie, correct? I think, I think that an equal threat is the politicization of elections administration, which polarizing parties like to do. It's been my entire professional experience at the legislature. And you see it with, with in different states, right? Whoever is in the majority wants to control the rules. And I think politicizing elections administration when it is not a partisan issue is an equal threat. But it is right now because MAGA world is dictating Tina Peters' moves. Mike Lindell flies around corrupting various clerks and recorders. You would have never fallen for it, but she did. And what's that guy's name, Dallas Schroeder? What did he do? Tell us your perspective on Albert County. Did I get the name right? Yeah, well, I, I have I have a lot of faith in local election officials, and I don't think the exception is the rule. So we have 8,000 elections jurisdictions in our country, right? A lot of them small, rural, probably conservative, right? Just based on the demographic, right? That stood up. So when we say that there aren't Republicans standing up for democracy, I, I negate that entirely. We saw... Uh, Republicans, Democrats, and in Colorado, we have Republicans, Democrats, and unaffiliated local election officials that stand up every single day. You mean they followed followed the law, right? That's right. Okay, I I get it. But but now we have Okay, say that again. They take their oath seriously, and they are there for all voters. And I think that by by holding up the exception as the rule, which I believe it is, it doesn't mean it's not dangerous, but I will also stand for those election officials that stand up every day and do their jobs. And those include our election judges and our bipartisan watchers and our public audit boards and our public canvas boards that are by bipartisan and and are appointed by the parties. They do that every single election. Oh, and God, God bless them for following the law. And part of the reason is they don't want to get arrested and in trouble with the law. And Tina Peters is under investigation. So is this guy in Albert County. And those election laws need to be enforced. And if people see, well, there's no consequence, can't we expect more of it? Isn't that the basic message of criminal justice? Yeah, I believe that the criminal investigations on that are appropriate. And I believe in due process as well. And I think that that um, we should take a look at that and know that there's an appropriate role with the Secretary of State to regulate that. And um, Jenna Griswold was right in forwarding those to the appropriate law enforcement agencies for that investigation. Where she was wrong is then during a pending criminal investigation, sending out and fundraising off of it. I got How, you. Yeah, that's, I, that's, I, that's political. Yeah, I believe that voters can look at that sideways and say, wow, so does that give the perception of fairness to voters? You know, I, I think you, you have an obligation and a duty, but this office is, should be above that. I like that kind of talk. But let me ask you this. Since you conceded that the big lie is a big threat, how is it that I, a person very concerned about the big lie, saw its ramifications on January 6th, I see that bullshit still going on, and 
That's that's a big issue for me. In fact, it's the decisive issue. Why would I believe that you would stand up to that big lie threat better than Jenna Griswold will? Well, so I just I I wouldn't let any argument just stand, right? I think what I can bring is my professional and expertise and say, this is why this is not true and be vociferous about it, right? Relentless. I won't stand on the sidelines if one party is having a big argument, right? I believe that you need to advocate from your office, from the legal perspective and, you know, not lecture other states about what they could be or couldn't be doing. Like, for example, you know, Jenna, there, there are a lot of things you can talk about, you know, the approach that, that she takes as a politician versus the approach a professional would take in order not to freak people out. But she has waxed poetic about a lot of policy that's going on across the country. For example, she did, um, she, she prohibited folks from going to Georgia, right? To having any business to do with Georgia based on their policies and, and, and laws um, and, and what their legislature is. I'd, I'd rather, let, let's stay in Colorado because well, I, but, I, I think I think Norma right. Anderson occasionally stood with a bunch of Democrats yeah, when she thought they were right. So what I hear you saying is when you're fighting the big lie, you would stand with Democrats in the legislature who are fighting the big lie because we can count on you to be against the big lie. What I am saying is I have a proven record of standing for voters. And yeah, when I was, president of, I was president of the association as a county clerk, the Colorado County Clerks Association in 2013, I stood up and said, hey, the association, 94% of our local election officials believe we should send a ballot to every eligible voter. And then we should give them a choice to vote in person in vote centers. And we should update our lists more robustly. And we should do same-day registration because folks are already doing that with a provisional ballot. And we didn't get a single Republican vote at the state legislature for that bill. But it was the right thing to do. It was the right thing to do. That's a great so example. I love that. My, my record shows that I stand for the voters of Colorado on access and integrity. There are things that we still have to do. And a lot of this, this disinformation is a distraction for the real work. So for example, I developed a signature verification audit. We can, we can expand audits that this audit said, hey, are the judges doing a good job? They get trained, CBI training. Do they do this well? Right, but I'm, I, 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 now we're getting into the minutia. I want to well, stay on the. I, I just want to stay on who I'm going to vote for. And your example was beautiful, and thanks for saying that. But let's say you win, and you're the only statewide Republican to win. You're in a powerful position, and I want to know if I can count on you because I see Republicans like Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger saying. I'm going to be true to my oath. And they're being ostracized and they're being attacked within their own uh, party. And that that's the kind of pressure you would experience. And, and I just want to, I, I don't know how I could be assured that you would not fold under that kind of pressure. Well, I think my record shows that if you, if you, 
examine my work at the legislature and my work as a, a and as an election official in Colorado and in leading the Colorado County Clerks Association. My reputation for one extreme competence, but also my integrity in being straightforward in answering the question and also advocating from a pragmatic perspective, right? Making sure that you know, down at the legislature, you know, the the parties, the Republicans and Democrats are, you know, they have a political agenda, right? As an election official, as the secretary of state, I work for the voters. Right. right? But you have to, you have to run as a party person. You have to get the votes. And a lot of this is tough stuff, but, but here's, here's but, how you could get my vote. Do you want to know? I've stood up, I've stood up, you know, against secretaries when I believe that they've been more partisan than they should be. Uh, Scott Gessler, we we had a big conversation, both myself and the association, when we felt that that office was moving in too partisan of, of a direction. The county clerks and the leaders in there, as well as myself, had the same conversation with Jenna Griswold. You freak voters out when you hyper-politicize that office, and it's not right. I'm not afraid to stand up to the leaders in my own party. And as a leader, as a Republican secretary of state, you won't know uh, that I have some sort of policy or political agenda that has no nexus to the work that's being done. I have no interest in going to Congress. I'm not going to launch an exploratory committee to run for U.S. Senate. This is the natural nexus of my life's work. All right, beautiful. But you still need to win votes, and here's how you can do it. Do you want to make national news right now and perhaps win the election? You ready? I I think you should say, uh, with all due respect, sir, Mr. Former President Trump, I do not want your endorsement. You've been perpetrating this big lie that's about to destroy democracy until people like I can get in, and you're hurting our Republican Party. So thank you, sir. Please do not endorse me. (laughs) <laughs> that's a beautiful speech, Craig. For you should. And all you have to say is that's. You, I agree because it, he's going to endorse your opponent anyway. If you preemptively say that, do you want to start over? Put it in your own words. It is. It is a beautiful speech. But if you're looking for a secretary that wants to make national news, you've got the wrong girl. What I want to do is restore confidence and trust. in the process, in the elected office. How about restoring confidence and trust in the Republican Party? I believe that the political fray that, you know, Colorado voters want, they they don't want that drama in that office that we're seeing, right? I have a colleague, I have a friend and colleague that got elected in 2020, um, Stephen Richter. He got elected as a Republican um, in Maricopa County, Arizona. You may have heard about that county lately. And during the 2020 election, was he one of the guys with the courage to stand for the truth against that Trump bullshit audit? Yes, sir. He was then the election official. He won. He beat a very political Democratic incumbent by saying, make this office boring again. And then it became the least boring office in the country. And he and the Republican 
uh, what the equivalent of commissioners here, so supervisors in, in, in Arizona, have been standing up incessantly, just like our commissioners over in Mesa County and Wayne Williams for doing what's right. There is a legal framework with which to operate our elections, and that's where the discussion needs to be. And we need to hold people accountable that operate extra legally. And we should tamp down the partisan political rhetoric and run as the professionals and maintain and keep this office above the fray as Coloradans have traditionally wanted. And we're independent here in the West. We are independent voters. That's what we want from these offices. Offices like county clerk, like sheriff, like secretary of state, like attorney general, not hyperpartisan politicians that are looking to go elsewhere or to raise their profile. And that's the type of secretary I will be. Now, this is a great podcast already. And we're competing against other podcasts, including a guy named Steve Bannon, who may have even more listeners than we do. And that's where Tina Peters made her announcement. Would you go on Steve Bannon's show? Uh, I, I don't think that he'd have me <laughs> if, if I had to make a guess, but probably not. Because nope. he's a criminal? Um, I don't believe in what he says about the election. What about his unwillingness to cooperate with Congress? Uh, subpoena, so the hell what? I'm not going to go. You know, he, his benefactor was some Chinese dude who just went bankrupt. And that's the big booster of Tina Peters. And she's a danger to Colorado. Those are my words. So, Would you endorse you it? Know, I mean, we started off our this podcast um, about you know, my law enforcement family and, and the background. And I was raised that oaths matter and the law matters. I'm an, I'm a law and order person. And so I, I, that's who, who you're getting, um, that I am a, a fierce advocate in policy and at the legislature, ask any legislator down there and, and, or congressperson in, in our state for what's right for Colorado voters to make sure that they maintain their access and their integrity. Once those laws are passed, we follow them. And once you get a subpoena, you show up and you tell the truth, which is the obligation of every American, every person in this country. Nobody's above the law, right? I agree with that. Jen Ellis, I'm did you hear that, Jen Ellis? Why don't you go tell Congress what you know? And for anybody who pre-poisons that congressional committee, please tell me, Pam Anderson, that you will consider what they find and evaluate it as you listen. So I believe in the law. I believe that, you know, and I also believe in the golden rule, right? But I, I believe in the law. And I think that you need, as an election official, as an elected official, you take an oath. As a citizen of this country, you're obligated to follow the laws and are accountable as a result. Now, I'm not an attorney like you, Craig. And, you know, and and frankly, the, the quagmire that's Washington, D.C. is not really the context that I work and operate in. However, I do work and operate in, you know, promoting and, and ensuring that our elections continue to improve, that we answer the questions, uh, you know, from well-meaning citizens about how this operates. And that's the type of that's the type of elected official I've been, election official I've been, and the type of secretary I would be. I don't I'm have hyper, yeah. I'm hyper focused on Colorado. 
I know, but I want I I'm trying to decide my vote. And I like okay. your law enforcement background. I do. And I wonder from that perspective, also with your mother in law as such a famous legislator, how did it feel in your gut when you watched what happened on January sixth? A hundred forty law enforcement officers injured in the melee. Uh, People looking to hang legislators, they ran for their lives. Confederate flags, you saw it, you know, beating people with flags. How did it feel to you? Well, I actually tweeted that day. It's, It's on the record. It was an extremely dark and sad day for me. I've never seen anything like it. It felt, it felt, you know, uh, shocking. I, it was an out-of-body experience for me. And I, and I said that, you know, anyone that's, that, that anyone that broke the law needs to be held accountable. Um, and that was... Including the people who caused it. You know, I go out to Jefferson County quite a bit to the courthouse. Where's your office? One of those near the DA's it, office, well, one of those side it, buildings or... No, no you're right. In the, you're, you're in the Taj Mahal, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. I think I've I, seen I you there. But I still, you know, but I also, you know, and I'm not trying to draw a false equivalency, but I also think that if, you know, if I, I believe in civic, mo- civic monuments to civic virtue, right. right? My, my, my value, you know, I, I, my philanthropy, my volunteer time, I spend on literacy, civic engagement, and supporting improvements in elections and best practices in elections. Those are sort of, and I was Girl Scout. I just presume you're a great person, but you were in a position of counting votes. And God forbid somebody organized thousands of people to rush the Taj Mahal when you were in it and frightened the people while they were trying to do their job and making sure democracy in Jefferson County worked. Wouldn't you want to know the people who organized that and incited that and then let it go on for three hours and seven minutes without sending any help for you? Wouldn't you want to know that? Well, I I can tell you that I've had direct experience with working with local election officials and being a local official that has been threatened, um, you know, by what I see are radicalized extreme views around the election. Mm -hmm. And so I have direct experience with that. And I will always say that's absolutely wrong and unconscionable. But I also think that you know, what, what we saw on, on January 6th was an extremely disturbing and sad day for me and not okay. And, and beyond not okay. That's not, there, there aren't strong enough words, Craig. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm being less than eloquent, I guess, but. Right. And what I, all I'm saying is I'm looking for an amen. Let's get to the bottom of it. Let's get yeah. everybody involved. Okay. Let's I, find I, out the truth. Let's have Jen Ellis talk. Let's have, uh, Lauren Boebert talked. Let's have everybody talk to the committee. What did she mean when she tweeted 1776? I mean, that's not what you tweeted that day. That is not what I tweeted that day. And I also had extremely dark and sad feelings when I saw what happened to our state capitol. Hey, I worked out there and it was horrible, yeah. but at least they weren't in the process of counting votes and they weren't trying to disturb an official function. At least they didn't get in threatening lives. At least 140 cops didn't get hurt. It, it, you know, those people should be punished and anybody who organized that should be punished. But this is an attack against America. That kind of whataboutism, it bothers me. 
it bothers well, me. I, I, I totally understand it and, and why it would bother you. And it's why democracy has been my life's work. Right? It's not, it's, you know, I'm, I'm not observing it, you know, from the sidelines. Um, I work with the election officials. I am an election official. I was a sworn election official last November here in Colorado, working on the ground. And I put my values on the front lines. And any frontline folks that are under attack for any reason, but particularly um, any attack on our freedom um, is particularly unconscionable for, for me and is a really big reason why I'm stepping forward because I do believe that we need all of us to step forward. And what I would say to Coloradans you know, become an election judge, you know, become a bipartisan watcher, be part of the process and understand and know exactly how this works. We, we operate these citizen elections across this country. Um, these are your friends. These are your neighbors. Your election officials are your, you know, are, are your local, right? We have a, a, you know, a federalist system of elections for a good reason. And, um, and I believe in it. And I'm taking that belief um, to the, you know, Colorado citizens and saying we need to restore that kind of professionalism, trust and value to the secretary of state's office and support and improve and continue to seek um, access and increasing integrity in our process. I believe in um, this system, too. I believe you are a great guest. I think you should give out your website. And once again, just a big, with colorful writing, no thank you, Mr. Trump. Because what are you going to say the day that he says, Tina Peters gets my complete and total endorsement? Are you going to, I hope you throw off something of a satire. How are you going to respond that day? Well, you know, as the executive director for the the Colorado County Clerks, I, you know, we we had candidate Trump and President Trump and uh, talking about elections consistently. And we spent a lot of time saying how that was wrong in Colorado. I don't I, I don't think that that. Um, now, you know, and that now he's definitely not going to endorse you, but I think you should just well, get ahead of I, it. What I'm trying to get at, Craig, is that if I sought it, I'm not sure I'd get it. <laughs> um, Please don't seek it, because that would lose my vote. No, I, I, it's, it's not something I intend to do. I, Maybe I mean, Donald Trump and honest elections, those things don't go together any more than an honest scorecard and golf and Donald Trump go together. You just can't trust the guy with numbers. He lies about everything. Come on well, now. I mean, let me tell you, Craig, you know, and I, I mean this and, and I hope you hear this. I don't believe, you know, politicizing by any way uh, this office or running for this office as a, as a local election, as a county clerk. I didn't endorse a single candidate on a ballot that I, I operated ever. There are ethics about of engaging in the political sphere as an election official. That's what why I'm running to, right? So when you you know talking about Maybe the, because you're a normal person, but these aren't normal times. You have to call out people. I, I hope to God, 
I believe it's time for good, normal people to step step up. And I think that's what Colorado. They don't want hyperpartisan politicians taking these offices. I really don't. All right. Here's the cool thing. We have a relationship now where if you ever want to make that announcement, Craig, I'd like to take you up on that offer. And then you could just address Donald Trump directly or Steve Bannon or whoever. I mean, shouldn't you wear that as a badge of honor that Steve Bannon likes your opponent? Well, I guess, you know, you know, three, two, one, maybe we'll hear an announcement. I mean, you know, one of my opponents did announce on Steve Bannon. So I think, you know, right. Uh, we, might, we might hear about that soon. And I'm happy to address it if and when that were to oh, be the you, case. You are such a nice person. I do think you are in it for the right reasons. I admire you for stepping up and can't thank you enough for coming on my show. Well, thank you for having me. It's been fun. I like I like the long format. Isn't podcast. it different? You get to talk. I'm sorry I interrupted when I did, but if there's anything else you'd like to say, feel free. Yeah, you know, I, I really would love people to consider, you know, professional experience, integrity um, as a candidate to restore the trust um, in, in our process and our elections and, and someone with real leadership. Um, for more information about me, they can go to andersonforsos.com. You can volunteer. There's a donate button. Let's get the word out about our, our candidacy. Um, it's it's a cause. It's a mission for me. It's an extension of my life's work. I'm not looking to go to Congress. Um, and I would, you know, my final word on that is that um, whether you're Republican or unaffiliated for the primary or in, in the general, Republican, unaffiliated, Democratic, Green, uh, approval. Um, I'm asking for your vote. Mm, I hear a stop Tina Peters strategy for unaffiliated people like me. I got the message. I enjoyed our conversation, Pam. Really did. I hope you did too. Yeah, I, I did. Thank you, Craig. I appreciate it. It's been nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Bye bye. It's hot in here. Did that toaster catch on fire? It wasn't that. You choked on that bite of burnt bagel. Why is everything all red? The heat is unbearable. Where am I? Excuse me, your dishonor. May I step in on behalf of my client? Mr. Silverman, proceed. Tell me one redeeming good thing your client did. He was a faithful listener to my radio show. Not good enough. He had decency and compassion for his family. He did end-of-life planning with Michael Bailey. The Michael Bailey? That is kind to your loved ones. That is smart and way too decent for this place. Your client can go. And what about me, your despicableness? Why should I? Michael Bailey is my lawyer, too. Go on, then. Get out of here. <laughs> now, part of that was serious, and part of that was fictional. But you will die someday, and if you don't make a legal plan, the government will make one for you. Call my lawyer, Michael Bailey. His rates are reasonable, and he can meet with you and your spouse wherever you want, and on weekends and evenings. 720-394-6887 or online at MBLaw. LLC.com. Now back to the Fred Silverman Show. Hey, maybe you know my voice and me from the first half of my career when I was a Denver prosecutor. Or maybe you know me from my time on the radio and now on my podcast. But my real job for several decades now has been to fight in the civil arena for victims of crimes. I've been fighting for Colorado crime victims for the last four decades. If your life has been damaged through the misconduct of others, there's a great new Colorado law, and it's for you. It allows victims as far back as January 1, 1960, 
to hold accountable the perpetrators and the organizations that allowed it to happen. If you were sexually assaulted, now is the time to come forward. Let's expose the truth. Let's get you some justice. Let me be your voice for a confidential consultation. Call me anytime you are ready at 303-861-2800. Ask for Craig, Craig Silverman, a voice for victims. Matt Crane, it's Craig, Craig Silverman. Hey. How are you, sir? I'm wonderful. Have you ever done a podcast before? I have. Fantastic. Did you know you can swear if you want to? (laughs) I didn't know that, but that is good to know. (laughs) I have been known to to drop a bomb here or there. (laughs) Tell everybody about us, for crying out loud. We used to be close. You used to broadcast with me. I think I even had you on for a retrospective after... Despite doing a great job uh, for the county in which I reside, you got thrown out of office thanks to the former president. We talked about it. I've liked you for a long time because you are, well, just why don't you talk about how you know me? Um, Well, sure. So, uh, you know, we've, uh, gosh, we met a long time ago, I believe, through Nancy Doty, the clerk and recorder in Arapahoe County um before before i was clerk um and i know you would come into the office and say hello and i think correct me if i'm wrong i think that's the first time we met um back then with nancy um right how many years did you work in that office under nancy doty and what was your job sure so i started i started working in election administration back in 2000 um working for at the secretary of state's office for Danetta davidson and then I went to work in Denver County uh, for a little while. And then Nancy called me in October of 2007 and said, we, you know, we'd love to have you come work in Arapahoe County. So I came uh, to work for Nancy as the election operations manager and then worked my way up. Wait to- a second. Isn't that some kind of illegal recruiting? Aren't there some <laughs> rules about that? <laughs> no, nothing like that. And uh, it was very nice to come back and work for Nancy and uh, come work in my home county. I live in Arapahoe County, obviously. And so when she called, I was thrilled uh, and excited at the opportunity. So you can just steal top-notch employees. If you see one, say you saw one in Mesa County, unlikely, we'll get there. But uh, you could say, hey, come to this side of the mountains anyway. Well, well, let me tell you, the the professional staff, that you know, they have some top-notch people, uh, the professional staff, the civil service folks in Mesa County. Um, I know I, they I do, and I, I, yep. I've been covering Tina Peters. I had Scott McGinnis on. Now I have you on, and uh, I have the smart folks, and you are so darn connected. Uh, but, yeah, I think we met. I wasn't there to fix any kind of election or anything. I was just there to get a license plate. And, yeah, that's right. That's right. And you helped with that. What, do you have to be good at license plates, too, if you work in election? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's you never know. You know, Nancy. You know, I always told Nancy wherever you need me. So, um, however I could help, I wanted to be able to help the operation. So, well, I wondered about that because is it a full time thing to manage elections? I mean, back in the day, probably you had other assignments, right? You had to multitask. Well, so for the most part, you know, it it has been elections for me, and you know, one of my favorite questions. Even now, after being, you know, an election administrator for uh, now going on 22 years, 
you know, my favorite question I still get is you work in elections. What do you do the other 364 days out of the year? <laughs> so it is it is a full time job and it's certainly gotten much more complicated and technical over the last, uh, you know, 10, 12 years or so. Yeah, no kidding. But uh, the bottom line is, as we talk about people running for clerk and recorder, um, there are responsibilities beyond voting, right? Like license yes. plates and things that I imagine incompetent people can screw up, or is that impossible? No, it can absolutely be. Uh, an incompetent person can absolutely screw that up. And if you think about it, you know, elections is what gets the headlines for a clerk and recorder. But, you know, in motor, in motor vehicle is where you have the most customer contact, the most citizen contact. In Arapahoe County, it was over a million transactions a year um, in motor vehicle. So um, nothing, nothing streams inefficient government like the DMV. And so I'm really proud of, uh, you know, when I was clerk, what we were able to do and increase efficiency and drop wait times by 75%. We, we had a blast trying to change the reputation of the DMV. You, you did it by 90%. I'm going to confess. I don't know if it'll get Nancy in trouble or, but she'd see me and she'd wave me back there. I'd meet you. And before you knew it, I had a license plate maybe, I could get back to my law practice a little quicker. I don't know. <laughs> right. Anyway, right. We're always happy to help. We're always happy well, to help. I'm always happy to get special treatment. I really am. For anybody out there who wants to know, who isn't? But <laughs> at the bottom line is that, uh, Matt Crane, you've had an interesting life. And tell everybody how you ended up succeeding, Nancy Doty. Was that hard, difficult? You have to run as a Republican? Were you really political or apolitical up till then? No. So I've, you know, I've always been Republican, you know, working in elections. Um, you know, I think most election administrators work very hard to maintain that nonpartisan veneer. So, so why know, not, why not be unaffiliated? Because well, you can't you know, get that, elected, right? You can't right. get elected. It's just like a well, DA. I tried to run as an unaffiliated candidate for DA because that's the last thing that you want right. in prosecution yeah. is politics. That's the last thing you want in vote counting is politics. Yet we keep having partisan elections where Matt Crane, in order to advance, had to pick a team. Am I right? Yep. Well, I think the I think it's I think the chess board's changing a little bit on that. Um, you know, I don't think it will be long until we see um, an unaffiliated person elected to a countywide or even statewide office in the near future. When you look at over forty percent um, of active voters in Colorado are unaffiliated, we do have some clerks that have moved to unaffiliated. Um, you know, for me, you know, I you know there are times when you think about it. Um, and I certainly think I may have had a better chance at re-election had I switched to unaffiliated. But, you know, two things. One, I mean, I, I am a Republican. Um, and two, I do think that you can be affiliated with a party and do a job in a nonpartisan manner. Um, and it's really not that difficult. You just have to make the conscious decision to do to do the right thing. Um, and so that's, you know, that's where I was, um, you know, what when Nancy, I became clerk in 2013, I was appointed by the board. Um, Nancy had been elected as county commissioner. Um, and so that created the vacancy there. And that was a, that was an interesting uh, appointment process where, you know, there was some mudslinging going on. Um, Craig, you might remember, you know, my wife worked for D Dominion for a while. And so there was anonymous letter um, sent on behalf of one of the other people going for that. Uh, appointment. Um, and so we had to go through an ethics, um, a citizen ethics panel 
um, where, um, you know, there were five citizen members to that panel who decided unanimously that there was no conflict of interest um, for me to, to be clerk. And I was able to get the appointment and then stood for election at 14 and won. So, All right. Um, now, again, how, how long had you been married at that point to what? I had, well, we got married in 2006, um, so we had been married for seven years, almost seven years. All right, well, too long to just say bye-bye, honey, and so I'm glad yeah. you did that. <laughs> well, I'm grateful she didn't say that to And me, I so. did study up on what happened, and it's a little suspect because wasn't that opinion authored by Randy B. Corcoran? Yep, uh, yep, Randy. Uh, was that uh, back when he was semi-normal, or was he? <laughs> no, look, Randy. You know, Randy's my friend. We have a we have some, you know some disagreements on on some current things going on right now about elections. Um, but you know, he did write the uh, the opinion for the majority. Uh, well, actually, for everybody uh, on the on the committee. Um, and you know, again, you know, I appreciate the work. It was a bipartisan committee, so it wasn't just you know a you know a, a fixed game there to go in and give me a, a clear record. It was bipartisan, and um, you know, I'm I'm proud of what we did, and I stand by you know my record as clerk and. I stand by my record as an election administrator. But, so. but what was the issue? Because now you're the top clerk and recorder. You're making mm -hmm. decisions about voting machines. And Dominion is a strong player in Colorado. So mm -hmm. was it determined that there was there was a conflict, but it could be waived? And, uh, no. So, yeah, so, no, it wasn't anything like that, actually. So when I worked in Denver— um, in the 2000s, I was there uh, when Denver, when we had that really spectacular uh, election fail in 2006, where there was the problem with the e-poll book and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so this letter said that I, you know, that I was involved with that and had some, you know, unethical dealings with, uh, it was Sequoia at that time, uh, not Dominion. Um, and then, you know, there were concerns about me, you know, uh, working with Dominion, Sequoia, uh, in the role as clerk and the, the, the ethics committee brought in people I worked with uh, from Denver, brought in the elected uh, election commissioners at the time, uh, brought in the executive director at the time, uh, interviewed them all, went through everything, went through all the documentation and said, look, you know, Matt, you know, there was no, you know, what happened in 2006 wasn't Matt's fault. There was no unethical dealings with Dominion or Sequoia. Um, you know, I never signed any contracts um, that was always done above my pay grade. Um, and so the, the claims were found to be baseless, um, and it was just a cheap political stunt, to be quite frank. Um, well, but, but I mean, to the extent there was an issue, I, I would offer this in your defense, not that you need a defense, but the proof is in the pudding. It's kind of like yes. what I say about Barack Obama, because some people thought he was a radical leftist, and I could see how people would think that. You know, Jeremiah Wright and uh, Ayers and sure. all that. But but then he did eight years, and now we've seen his life afterward, and he's a pretty normal guy, and he's not Che Guevara or anything like that. So the proof is in the pudding, okay? Right. Anybody who thought that maybe you would have a problem being a good clerk and recorder, well, how many? How long did you serve? Uh, I served until uh, January of 19. Um, you know, I lost in 18, as you mentioned, and so when my term expired in January of 19. So how so. many years were you the head guy? Uh, it was uh, almost six years. All right. So the proof is in the pudding. I don't remember any yeah. bad performance by you or 
Uh, oh, I'm really, I'm really proud of what we did. And here's the, here's the other thing too, that was really important. So when, uh, you know, when all of that came up and um, there was talk of the independent ethics committee, you know, I said, let's do this. Uh, I have nothing to hide. I believe in being as transparent as possible. I'm happy to speak with whomever I need to speak to. My wife came in, did the same thing. Uh, we have nothing to hide and we absolutely believe in transparency. So we had no issues doing uh, going through that ethics process. Well, well, the proof is in the pudding in this way too, because all this bullshit accusations against Dominion, it's just bullshit. Anybody who's following yeah. it knows it's bullshit. So, you know, say, oh, geez, his wife's with Dominion. Well, Dominion was a great Denver uh, company, Denver, yeah. Canada, elsewhere, until uh, the former president and his team conspired to tell lies about Dominion, and it's bullshit. And I call it out on a podcast, and I could say bullshit because our former president always said bullshit, but <laughs> the worst name is even to say the guy's name. Anyway, <laughs> but we will. We will. Because well, it, because he, he cost you your job, right? Then we, we talked about yeah. it on the radio, right? I was on Denver Trump radio, but I had a falling out with the guy that culminated spectacularly, but I was throwing hard punches by doing a deconstruct on that, what was it, 2018 election where competent Republicans, including uh, a good sheriff, a great clerk right. and recorder, they got voted out of office not because they were doing a bad job. They were doing a great job, middle-of-the-road types, apolitical. And, they, I, and the sheriff got replaced by a guy who's doing okay, I guess, Brown, who, who had like very little experience. And the person who replaced you... No way was that person as qualified as you. And it was all because of the former president. Am I right? And didn't we talk about it uh, in did. a broadcast afterwards? Yeah, we did talk about it. And, you know, there's always swings, right? So whatever whatever party is in the White House in the midterm that follows, there's always going to be a swing the other direction. But there's no doubt that the swing was more pronounced, in, especially in Colorado, because President Trump was not uh, liked by unaffiliated voters in Colorado and especially unaffiliated women. And, you know, that's just the facts. There's, you know, if if you're being honest about what happened, that's what happened. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if I told you this at the time when we spoke about it, but when I would be knocking on doors talking to people, I would have people say, look, we know you've done a great job. Our elections are safe and more secure than they've ever been. The DMV, wow, I get through fast. I just can't vote for you. Um, and I would, and when I would ask why they were like, you know, we just have no other way to let president Trump know people know we don't like president Trump. And I said, well, you know, and this is what I would tell people, you know, I doubt president Trump, you know, meaning no disrespect to the president, but I doubt that he knows Arapahoe County knows what a clerk and recorder does. And all you're doing is making your local government weaker, which is where you have more interaction. And they're like, we totally get it. We just have no other way to voice our our uh, our displeasure and how how unpleased we are, um, you know. And what can you do? You know, we you know I believe in elections. I've dedicated my life to this, and so you know when people make up their mind that that's how they're going to vote, then you know that's that's what happens. So well, we'll get to that because I think there are some things that we can do. But let's keep going with your fascinating life because. Um, Trump was responsible, and I don't blame that citizen. A lot of us feel that way still, and, and Trump was extremely toxic in Colorado. Think of all the things that happened. You know, his first year was pretty darn good. 
He got yeah. the unemployment down, and he seemed to have some decent people around him, like Mad Dog Mattis. And the way he destroyed the Islamic State and liberated those countries, Raqqa, Mosul, I mean, those cities in Syria, and uh, it was... I thought that was tremendous. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I hated the Iran nuke deal probably too much because yep. uh, it led me down some wrong roads. But the bottom line is, in 2017, the summer, right after I went to the White House, broadcast from there, Charlottesville, August 2017, and boy, that sent some shockwaves through me and a lot of people. Then we had Helsinki. Then we had. One thing after another, and, uh, you know, a lot of those suburban women, they don't much like guys grabbing them between the legs without permission either. So you you could not win because of Donald Trump. And you're saying, well, that happens. But as I tell my kids, this ain't normal when it comes to politics. This is not normal because normally a competent professional like you would have been retained but people perceive this to be different times, and boy, did that become apparent as of 2020. Yeah. But the nice thing about you, Matt Crane, as could be expected from a consummate professional, with your experience, you've got a great new job. Tell everybody about that. I do. So when I left office, um, you know, I do uh, a couple of things, actually. I, um, I serve as an uh, election security consultant for Homeland Security, and then I also... Um, serve as the uh, executive director of the Colorado County Clerks Association. So it's nice to be able to, um, you know, be able to track some things and help on a national level. And then, of course, you know, still be involved and engaged here back home. So it's uh, it's it's been really great. The Lord's taking good care of me. Is Joe Biden your boss? Uh, no, I actually I work for a, a, a subcontractor called the Lafayette Group, but uh, we provide uh, consulting services for uh, the election security initiative uh, run by um, Homeland Security and CISA, the Cybersecurity Infrastructure and Security Agency. So, what about the County Clerks Association? Tell us about that. Is that uh, a time-consuming job, or not so much, or what do you do? Oh, well, it depends. You know, it, it ebbs and flows a little bit when the legislature is in session. Um, you know, it's it's a lot busier. We're actively involved down at the legislature watching uh, legislation and trying to push for smart changes to the election code or the, uh, the motor vehicle code or in recording. Um, so that's busy. But it's certainly since 2020 um, been a lot more uh you know, interesting of a job in terms of fighting a lot of the mis and disinfo that's out there and uh, pushing back on those crazy narratives that 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 you're out there. You're right. There's no question. Um, so much of what's out there is just bullshit. Um, yeah. Now you're talking. It's become. It's become. I know, right. It's become almost a full time job uh, pushing back on that. Um, but the people that are grifting off this, the bad actors, mm-hmm. um, they're very smart. Their net, their network is pretty sophisticated, mm-hmm. uh, and they're pretty good at what they do. So we can't we can't let our guard down, and we could push them back where we can. And they're all kind of hiding in public, right? It's it's unbelievable oh. what you can find on social media and all of that, right? But uh, right. this uh, county clerks association, who do you answer to? Is it uh, the majority vote of the elected clerks? So we have an executive board that's made up of clerks, um, and so though they are they are ultimately my boss. But you know, in a way, I work for I work for all sixty four clerks across the state, including Tina Peters. Well, she's a member of the association. Yes, 
Well, let's get right to her then, because sure. uh, I've learned this Tina Peters story. It's fascinating. It involves Sharona Bishop. You know her too, I expect. I've never had the uh, pleasure of meeting her, but uh, it certainly seems like she has a crush on me. So. America's mom. <laughs> And she's got a huge Facebook and other social media presence. She does. I think she's very effective in what she does. Attractive. Right. And uh, I've noticed that Tina Peters says that she's looking good, too, flying around with (laughs) Mike Lindell and Sharona Bishop. (laughs) It's a fast crowd. Yeah, well, she does have some interesting friends, that's for sure. It's intoxicating. And then you throw in some religion. (laughs) What's going on? What's going on with Tina Peters? I don't know if intoxicating is the right word for it. Um, Well, toxic is in the middle of that. Yeah, it's definitely toxic. Um, You know, we're still waiting on the investigation. Um, I think that the uh, federal authorities and the state authorities here um, are looking. uh, They're going through the investigative process. um, And but what did um, she do? Do we know what she did? At a base level, yes. Um, So. You know, for, you know, for some reason, she had concerns about the trusted build process, which is um, when there are updates, software and firmware updates to voting systems uh, here in Colorado, we go through a trusted build process. So um, when the when the vendor uh, in Colorado's case, either Dominion or Clear Ballot, when they write, uh, when they come up with a new uh, updates to their system, um, they send they, they send the code to testing labs, federally accredited testing labs um, that go through and make sure that um, that code, that the systems work according to the 2002 voting system standards. Um, And um, so they go through that process. They make what's called a golden image and give that to the state. That's the only image that the state here uh, that we can use. And then the trusted build process continues where the state takes that image and puts it in all the the voting systems and components um, throughout Colorado. And so, um, you know, I think, you know, Tina fell prey to some bad actors and some grifters who said that there were problems with that trusted build and that it was going to wipe out evidence of the Kraken, um, even though that has been thoroughly dismissed and debunked every which way and twice on Sunday. Um, And so she apparently decided to work with, it appears, kind of this national network uh, of people um, to uh, bring in somebody to do a full image of her system before the trusted build and after the trusted build. Um, she turned off her security cameras. Um, she brought this, she lied to the Secretary of State, brought uh, somebody in to do the image. Um, during the course of that, some of her passwords were exposed and put online um, by, uh, by some QAnon folks. Um, and then she shows up at the Lindell Symposium where they're going through her images. Keep in mind, Craig, Voting systems under President Obama were designated as critical infrastructure because of how uh, their importance uh, to the country um, and how important these systems are. President Trump kept them designated as critical infrastructure. Um, So it's not something that, you know, it's not just like, you know, putting your code, um, you know, to your to your gaming system online. I mean, you know, voting systems, there's a a huge need for security around them for obvious reasons. But she, you know, she allowed these people to go in and take the images. And now, you know, they release reports like, oh, you know, records, records were deleted that were supposed to be retained under federal uh, and state election law. That's bullshit. 
Um, you know, so just everything now that's been built upon that, it's allowed the grifters and the bad actors to keep grifting and keep pushing these narratives because they really just want to blow up the system. They All right, wanna, let's, let, let's, talk, yes. let's talk about this fucking bullshit because you left out yeah. the name Dominion in there, and uh, that's the key. I've been following this. I come through Joe Altman and that uh, accusation spectacular uh, that he made first on his podcast, and then uh, Randy Corcoran uh, took him to his tea party meeting that night. I wonder how Corcoran knew that ahead of time. Your buddy, you can ask him. And then Randy Corcoran put him on uh, the time slot that uh, had been ripped from me because I didn't back Donald Trump, and uh, I spoke my mind about that. And then he passed uh, Altman along to Michelle Malkin, and then it was passed to some other people, all the defendants being sued, Corcoran's being sued, KNUS is being sued, because they targeted Eric Coomer and your wife and uh, this uh, Dominion machine because they had to cheat. Donald Trump is the worst cheater in world history. Rick Riley's been on my podcast talking about the book Commander and Cheat, and he, he was never going to lose without claiming he was cheated. He even did it in, what was it, the Iowa primary with uh, Ted Cruz. He just, he's a, he's yeah. a, no, the he, traces of that, if, if you study it, Craig, you're exactly right. The traces, um, and there's some groups out there that have done some really good, jo- uh, really good work on this and studying the miss and disinfo about it. And you're right, it goes back to at least 2015. Roger Stone, um, the, registers, Roger Stone registers stop this deal back then. Remember, he he's yep. the ultimate guy yep. who I I've interviewed him. In fact, I played him on my last show. The guy is proud to be a dirty trickster, and he's going to cheat on everything he ever could, including his wife, probably with other dudes. The guy's a swinger. Read Jeffrey Tubin's account of his night with Roger Stone sometime if you want to get blown away. But it, uh, a, I'm okay. I think uh, I might right, skip that. Right, right. <laughs> you're the old school Republican. Believe me, Donald <laughs> Trump knew all about this with uh, Roger Stone, who was always good, also good friends with Roy Cohn, one of the most crooked lawyers in world history. In any event, Trump was going to cheat. The best target was Dominion because they're a multi-state entity, and you got to find somebody who's connected to Dominion, who you can point a finger at, and that's not hard. If I work for Dominion, you could go to my social media and see that I disdain Donald Trump. They found Eric Coomer. They realized he was with uh, Dominion. They made him a target. They said, let's find people in the hinterlands who have Dominion machines who maybe Mike Lindell can romance and get to them. They got to Tina Peters. They said, I, I don't think they planned to attack you and your wife. That was just sort of a bonus thing that they've stumbled into. And Joe Oldman, well, go ahead. Am I wrong about no, that? No, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Well, that, so after the election, um, you know, I started, I started, you know, because people were, you know, asking me what I thought. You know, I did some radio here. Um, and, you know, I said, look, the, the stuff about Dominion is bullshit and we can prove it without a shadow of a doubt. Um, Aaron Coomer, I know Aaron Coomer. Um, she and I agree on absolutely nothing politically. We've had some fun knock it down, drag out uh, conversations, but I know him and there is no way that he would do what he was accused of. And so I started saying that I did a presentation. So 
you know, Nancy has since moved to Arizona, but she, and you came to speak at her uh, meetup group. Um, I know you've come to speak at least a couple of times. Um, and so back in January, back, back, uh, when, year, back when Nancy was normal, uh, I, I haven't <laughs> talked to her in a long time, but I think she's got uh, some Tina Peters disease from what I've heard. Oh, uh, no. Well, I hope not. I don't, Tell her I don't, to call I, me I, and, I, and I'll put yeah. her on, but I'll put her uh, on regardless. I, I she's been so nice to me, but this can affect yeah. anybody. And, uh, well, sure. But so, so she invited me to the, to her meetup group last, uh, last January. And cause she knew all of this was bullshit. Um, and so she, you know, she wanted me to do a presentation on the claims and what was there. And so I'm going through and, you know, at least what we knew at that time in January. Um, and you know, somebody there who is, you know, who's, uh, really believes, uh, in the stop the steal stuff, um, at one point says, so are you telling me that Donald Trump, um, Rudy Giuliani, Lynn, Lynn Wood, Sidney Powell and Joe Altman are all lying. And I said, you're damn right. They are. And we can prove it. Like it's not, it's not complicated to prove that there was no cracking in the voting system. Um, and so after that, within a couple of weeks, you know, there was this, you know, weird blog that pops up about the Colorado election cabal and it's, uh, Jenna Griswold, myself, my wife, Pam Anderson, Wynn Williams, Scott Gessler, Eric Coomer, and Ken Buck. Um, and at the heart of the web was my wife and I, like we were the great and all powerful odds controlling what happens in elections here in Colorado. And so they started coming after my wife and I, because I stood up and said, because I stood up and told the truth. Um, and that's, you know, we've been doing it. We're just, we're not going to back down and clerks aren't going to back down. We know what's true. Um, we know what our, mo let me preface that, uh, you know, most clerks know what their systems do and how to validate that they work accurately. Um, so, you know, that's what you get for standing up and telling the truth, but they're not going to chase us out of the public square. No way. I know most club professionals knew how to run a club championship, but then they encountered Donald Trump and a lot of them buckled in the end and said, okay, you can have the trophy. Yeah. You, you, you had a couple hole in ones we didn't see just like Kim Jong-un. It's nutty. How about the first part of my premise that Dominion was targeted just because they were in so many states, including swing states. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. Um, and I don't think it just started as some innocent uh, thing. You know, I don't believe there was an Antifa call of the month where Eric Coomer went on there and said, I'm going to fix the election. Um, I think I think you're right. I think this has been planned for a while um, and executed according to that plan. And look, it's been successful. Um, when you look at how many Republicans, you know, the polls show that they really think the election was stolen. Um, you know, and these people are, are raising a lot of money, uh, on these claims and I, you know, it's, it's gross, it's disgusting. Um, but it's what we're trying to fight against. Right. Guys like Mike Lindell, who sell a lot of pillows advertising on KNUS, Fox News and elsewhere. And a lot of people buy that bullshit and buy his pillows, which I can't tell you if they're good or bad, but I smell a con man in him, in Trump, who's grifting like crazy off of this. I can't believe you're still a Republican. You named a lot of lawyers. That's cool. I'm a lawyer. You can throw Lynn Woods lost his mind, but you left out Jenna Ellis. Wasn't she part of it well, too? Well, yep, yep, she was. You know, I, I'm yeah, I'm proud to be a Republican um, because you know I believe in conservative values. I believe in you know what a, what a, you know what a, what true Republicans believe in, um, but certainly not grifting and not telling the truth and not you know, doing, you know, doing unethical things to win. That's, that's not who we are. That's never who we've been. 
Um, and that, that's the kind of Republican I am. And I'm not, I'm sure as hell not going to cede ground in the party to the bad actors. Uh-uh. No, right. sir. But isn't Tina Peters bad actor now? Yeah, well, yes. Uh, I don't, you know, uh, in my opinion, yes. Um, I think that, you know, she had the ability to demonstrate that her systems were working well um, and counting ballots properly. And instead, she turned off her camera and worked with Grifter. So, I, you know, there's no excuse for that. Um, I do think that they took advantage of her. Um, you know, I don't think she ever took the time to, to learn the system and the jobs. And that allowed her to fall prey to, uh, to these people. Um, and, now, I don't know the lady, uh, but she had a horrible tragedy happen in her life. Um, uh-huh. and, mm-hmm. and did you know her personally when her son got killed? I, I did not. I only I only met her uh, in 2018, um, you know, and she called me when she was running for office. Um, ironically enough, after she got elected, after I lost, she offered me a job a couple of times to come up there and run her election department. Um, do you know so, what do you know what happened to her son? Uh, no, I, I I know he was killed in the line of duty. I'm not sure of the specifics no, of it. I think of he, was, he was, I'm not sure, Navy SEAL, some honored was, yeah. uh, military I rank, right. and they were doing an air show, I believe, in New York, and he, uh, he, a horrible incident, and he got yeah. killed. Uh, yeah, that's true. It's tragic all the way around. Oh, my God. It's tragic all the way around. Yeah. Right, and then she kind of dedicated herself to running for office in his memory. So, you know, mm-hmm. that that's okay. I, I don't know her, but I, I what she's doing now, throwing in with uh, this, and now she's running for Secretary of State. She and Pam Anderson are running against each other. I bet you know Pam Anderson. Uh, yeah, I do. Pam's a dear friend. And so yep. can you yeah. take a position on that race? No, uh, I can't uh, just because of my different, uh, posi- you know, because of my different uh, positions and responsibilities. Uh, I won't be taking a position on that race, um, but watching it, obviously, with great interest. And what's so bad about Jenna Griswold? Why does she need to be replaced? She seems to me like Mad Crane, somebody who's good at their job. I know she uh, spoke out in favor of Planned Parenthood, which, you know, bothers the hell out of some people, but. Uh, is that well, the only beef against her, or isn't she doing I, her job okay? You know, I think that's I think that's up to Pam and Tina to to make the case. Um, you know, again, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not really gonna comment on on any of their candidacies. Um, but I'm just you know Chris that's Wald too. that's that's right. the fun I, about campaign. I, I respect you know? that. I do respect yeah. that. But what I can't respect is one thing that's going on, Matt Crane, that is horrible, and I hope. It hasn't extended to you and your wife, but I bet you have a queasy feeling. And there's this specter of violence now against clerk and recorders. Jenna Griswold's had to go through it. That's fucking bullshit. And can you give me an amen, brother, on that? Oh, absolutely. It is fucking bullshit. And my wife and I, unfortunately, have had to deal with it some. um, Not nearly as bad as others. Um, But it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And the thing is, Craig... It's all based on a lie, a big lie. You know, not not that there's any, not that there's any excuse Trump's for lie. any of that. Ridiculous. Can can I get it's, all it's, it's built Trump's on a lie. lie? Yeah, right. I mean, he he he. There's no question. Look, there there's uh, there's some there's always been the losers lament, right? So you can go back to elections going back forever, where the losing candidate in one race or another says, "Okay, the election was stolen." 
But what we saw in 2020 was so coordinated, um, you know, and and so nasty um, and unfortunately so effective. Um, it dwarfs anything we've ever seen before that, um, at least that I've seen in my 20 years of doing this. Um, so isn't and it's it, isn't that, no, keep going. I'm sorry. No, I purely to undermine public confidence and to try to undermine um, a legal election. Um, and that that should violate the, the ethics and the ethos of everything we believe in as as Americans. And look, I didn't I didn't you know, and you and I will disagree some. Um, you know, I wasn't happy that he lost. However, you know, he lost me with everything else that happened, you know, um, the next day and, and, and subsequently, um, it, you know, it is what it is. We have to, it, you know, we have to believe in something more than, you know, the political party. We have to believe in, in America, the fabric of America. And that, that relies on free and fair elections and to try to undermine that, to try to lie about it for political power is disgusting. Thank you for that, Matt Crane. And it seems to me that, you know, I sat next to Dan Kaplis, and uh, I I assume you're pro-life like he is, right? Oh, fiercely, fiercely, yes. Okay, so you're fiercely pro-life. And I always said, well, if you guys really believe that this is murder, even, you know, at any stage, murdering a human being, and it's equivalent of a Holocaust. We've heard this rhetoric too. Then I think, I don't know why you wouldn't get violent. I don't know why you wouldn't take any means to that end. And Trump gave you three Supreme Court justices. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess I'm just, it, it sickens me. And maybe that's more foundational than democracy. And uh, I'm going to respect your beliefs, but... I'm pro-choice. I'm pro-letting a woman choose. I'm pro-letting her choose under Roe v. Wade, which is going bye-bye thanks to Trump. Mm -hmm. But I understand where you're coming from. But in the meantime, what you were saying before when I got you to say fucking bullshit is because our democracy is now at risk. Do you agree? I, uh, I, yes, I'm, I am concerned about the state of the Republic, um, and, and what we're facing now. Um, right. Because, yeah, because it they, you know, the the, this disinformation about election integrity, the field you've dedicated yourself to, it can destroy a democracy. It's, yes. it's, it's what Vladimir yes. Putin has wet dreams about, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and well, it, of course, and that's Craig, that's what's so, that's what's so, um, I, I, I almost said funny, but it's, it's so serious and uh, about this is a lot of the missing disinfo that you can see the Russians amplify, the Chinese amplify, the Iranians amplify, and the people pushing this think, oh, you know, I'm just, you know, they're do- they think they're doing it for their political ends, and you know, they're they're helping our foreign enemies um, amplify and tear us down. Um, I, I, it's the, it is the damnedest thing, and it it makes no sense to me. Um, other than you have selfish people who are upset they lost power. Look, I, we've talked about it, Craig. I lost an election. I know how bad it sucks to lose an election. Certainly, much smaller scale than the presidency. Um, but it's the system that we've built, that the founders built, that we've relied on for two hundred and fifty some, you know, two hundred fifty years. Um, the peaceful transition of power. And sometimes it it sucks to lose an election, 
But that's the way it goes. Right. You put your name on the ballot, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. But that's just um, as a, a normal lament. You know, I've lost an election, too. No, I agree. I and, agree. and it I occurs agree. to me that you were in the Denver voting office for a while there, right? Yes, sir. And did yes, you sir. ever look and see that I really may have won back in 1996? Did you check that out? I, no, I'm just kidding. I accept. I accept. <laughs> I never it. did do that. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. But but it's so right. And just think if I would have, you know, not only kept sniping at it, but then at the inaugural, uh, I, I disturbed it. And you know, you can say, well, the big lie is terrible, but it let it's part of January 6th. Yes. Which was an insurgency no against our country, an insurrection, no a coup, right? Well, especially when you see the planners of it and what they were trying to do. I don't think there's any question about that. And, um, they and have again, the, it was they, all based on a lie. Have you, have you considered the gall of these? I, I almost said oh, mother, father. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to keep it on. A, <laughs> the, the gall of these guys who are caught yeah. red-handed submitting false electoral college voting certificates to the right. National Archives for them to count, and they have the chutzpah to accuse other people of right cheating on an election. It's just unbelievable. I know. I know. It, it drives me to distraction, but um, that's where we are. You know, before you mentioned, you know, normal or something like that. And uh, Craig, I'm not sure what normal is at this point. You know, I think we're fighting to to maintain, um, you know, the old normal where honor and integrity mattered. Um, and sometimes you win and sometimes you lose, but you get up the next day and you fight like hell to try to win the next time. But right, you don't, but, but it you don't tell lies. A, right. But it starts with you, talking about the truth and that's what we're doing yes, here yes, in a longer yes, form. That's right. And, and we're back to the specter of violence. And it was realized on January 6th in an event like nothing I've ever seen in my lifetime. I'm older than you, Matt Crane, but you've been around for a while. That was a dark, terrible day. And don't we have to get to the bottom of it? There's no, well, yes. Uh, I absolutely, you know, I support that. I think um, we, it was a dark and terrible day and we should know what, what happened. And I would hope, you know, some, you know, some, I worry a little bit about some of the politics that uh, get injected uh, into the process. Um, and yeah, I think I questions need to be asked of a lot of different right. people, not, I, not just Republicans. Right. I think we need to ask a lot of people, a lot of different questions. Okay. Now um, don't, don't go with white and Pelosi because I, I, no, I, 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 this I, isn't my bailiwick, you know, because I kind of, well, I do defer to you on election voting integrity. What do I know? You're, you're much brighter, but I'm telling you this, that Adam Kensinger and, uh, and, and Liz Cheney, they were rock-ribbed Republicans, and, and they've taken a brave stand. And I defend people in all the counties uh, around the metro area and, and in Colorado. And if I went in and said, oh, you know, George Brockler brought this, and he's a stalwart Republican, you can't believe a fucking thing in this indictment because he's a— well, how about just judging it based on what they produce, right? And not damning it ahead of time. Oh, it's political. Correct. No, no don't, that's don't, fair. Don't that... you want to see? And and isn't it bullshit that your RNC voted to kick out Cheney and Kinzinger for simply trying to get to the bottom of this critical moment in American history? So I, it, it, that didn't make any sense to me. To me right now, I think there's there are so many issues right now that we have to focus on. 
And if the Republican Party was, you know, they should be focused on, you know, making the case to voters why it's important to vote for Republicans in the midterms and, and you know, instead of Democrats and building that case and, and being forward thinking. But we we are stuck in the mud on this election garbage. But, but why, um, why and, do you guys feign ignorance? I heard Dan Kepler say it too. God, I heard him say, you know, they had the, how can we screw up the election? We have such a road to victory. And the only way we could mm-hmm. screw it up is what the RNC did. And he criticized, and you're criticizing it. Mm-hmm. And kind of like, well, that that's them, but that's not here in Colorado because we have Christy Burton Brown. And I wanted to, you know, just throw something at the fucking radio. Christy Burton Brown was in Salt Lake City voting for that shit. Your buddy Randy B. Corpin was there. And this feigned ignorance, I don't know why we're doing it. It's because you got an orange guy in Mar-a-Lago oh. who tells oh, wait, David Bossy, you, you got to put this language in at the RNC. You got to get everybody to agree to it in a Stalinesque vote. And they did it. And they did the same oh. thing in, in Colorado with that resolution at the start of the was, session, praising Ron Hanks and Tina Peters. I'm just getting this uh, off was, my chest. And isn't it all flowing from that guy? Yeah. Well, I, yes. Yes. And, uh, you know, and I hate the fact that, you know, people still feel like they have to genuflect in front of them. But we we do see that here. But that's what we're trying. That's, you know, what we're trying to to, to fight against. You know, when you when you say I didn't I didn't hear Dan no. talk about that specifically. But when you describe it, like I understand what he's doing, too, because, you know, we yes. And I he would probably say the same thing. You know, the party right now, the former president has a stranglehold on the party. And some of the people who support him have a stranglehold on a lot of Republicans here in the state. And he won't say you know, that. that he won't say it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt our it's going to hurt Republican electability unless we just get back. Look, and I'm not saying, look, if you still if you still like Trump, I'm not telling people they have to disavow or do anything like that. But just stop. We have to move forward. Uh, we have to move forward as Republicans. Right, if we're, but, if but we're your going to party, think about winning elections. your party's held captive by the guy your leadership is. And that's why I I just don't understand why you say I'm proud to be a Republican right now. That's. That means I'm proud to be a, a Trump guy because that's what no, the Republican Party see, is. I just, I no, I disagree. I just, no, I understand why you would say that. I understand why, why you would say that. But I think of myself more as a as a Reagan Republican, and I'm proud of that. You know, I'm proud. I'm proud of those values of, of what that stands for. Uh, you know, but the other the thing about the Republican Party is, you know, we've never. You know, we've at least, you know, I don't I don't I don't remember this. Certainly they didn't used to be this way, you know, but we've always been, you know, very decentralized. We allow people to have their own space, their own opinions. And so I am concerned now when everything is is run through right now, um, you know, the the former president. And there's still there's still such a stranglehold on the party. You know, know, I used to have a lot. I don't think that's who we are. That's not who we are. I had a lot of respect for Republicans when I ran. This is how old I am. Bob Dole was running against Bill Clinton, 1996. And Dole made a great speech at his uh, convention. Remember that? He said, get out of here, you bigots. And remember the fight Republicans had and William F. Buckley won? And get rid of those John Birch bastards, those bigots. Those those kind of guys who Peter Boyles had on that guy from fucking John Birch Society all the time like he was a normal guy, that Irish guy. Anyway, 
Uh, I'm not it, sure. It, it goes way back because Republicans, John McCain, another standard bearer. I believe that he was a good guy and he was not a racist. And I don't want racism in the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. And for right. most of my lifetime, the Republicans said, get out of here. Kind of like on talk radio when after 9-11, truther conspiracy theories came out. And, and we just want to put them on or racist. You just don't put them on. Now you get conspiracy theories left and right. Do you see what I'm saying? The norms have been shattered. And all of a right. sudden, you've got a Republican Party with a base that people are, like me, as an unaffiliated, looking from the outside. I'm, I'm not sure if Trump's a Nazi, but I know the Nazis love him and they follow him. And Charlottesville was a big moment yeah. for me. Can you understand why? Well, yeah, I mean, I, well, I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, I wouldn't say that uh, Trump's a Nazi by any stretch, um, but I understand how it's, it certainly, you know, seems as if a lot of bad actors like that um, came out of the woodwork more during that time. Um, like Ron Hanks, you know, I don't know. Ron Hanks, who's running for his Senate and he's yeah. attacked you, called you part yeah. of a cabal. He's one of mm -hmm. these white power guys. He's like Altman. Well, and, and I'm just I, I, saying. Well, Go ahead. I haven't, I haven't seen it. Yeah. I, so to be fair, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Joe. He's not a fan of mine. I've never, I've never seen him put out anything that, you know, says he's a white power guy. I haven't seen Hanks do that either. They're just, they're just incredibly wrong about what they're saying about our elections. And I think they know they're wrong. And that's where my disagreement with them is. Tell me, um, tell me you know, about I, Joe Altman. You know him, don't you? Uh, yeah, I, how know, long I've have you known him? You guys uh, were both Republicans, no, and uh, I don't hang I, out with I, you I guys. I only met him once. I only met him once. We had breakfast, uh, like in March, where you know, um, people that we got into it on social media, um, and decided we, we should meet for breakfast. A lot of people told me that I should talk to him, so um, we sat down and had breakfast and agreed to disagree. And he said he had a lot of evidence, and I said, Well, show it to me, and I, you know. There's nothing there. And we have, you know, we have our audits. Uh, we have our pre-election testing and we still have the ballots. So like Elbert County, the clerk out there, um, you know, heard some concerns. So he recounted in May, he recounted the presidential race by hand. It came out properly. We have other clerks who have ran their ballot images through another tabulation system, not Dominion, since the election. It showed that Dominion counted it properly. So all of these, like we have uh, things in place to be able to validate that our systems work right um, and and accurately. And so that's why it was always easy to say that Dominion stuff was bullshit. It's total bullshit. Did you did you tell, now, did you tell Altman it's bullshit? Did yeah, you yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, the and thing now is, it's you know, pleasant? Who paid for breakfast? It's fascinating uh, to me. I, I can't remember who uh, who paid. It was It was not an adversarial conversation at all. He feels passionately about what he was saying. Um, you know, I feel passionately about the truth. Um, and so we just, you know, we, we agreed to disagree. What, but is it it, wasn't, what, you know, what is his background? I don't understand this. Pen I, he's a business. But what I is don't know. I, I mean, I, you know, I, something in tech, I think he, he told me. I Honestly, I can't remember. Um, Holy cow, you know, you're into technology. I, because the thing that's caught my eye is one he started advertising on Brockler's show on KNUS. Sure. 
I'd been doing radio for 15 years. I never heard a company like that advertised before. And suddenly he was doing live guest spots with people. And I think he's made a lot of money doing something. And I know one way that Penn recently made a lot of money was $86,000 spent by those three Douglas County school board candidates for their services. What is Mm -hmm. that? I don't, I don't know. Uh, I haven't, you know, Craig, I've been so wrapped up in the election and fighting the mis and disinfo around the election. I feel like I'm a little bit behind oh, in terms shoot. of some other current events going on. I thought, I thought on. this was your wheelhouse, that kind of technology no. and stuff like that. And, and, but you no. did have breakfast with Joe Altman and yeah, but how, how can, aren't you mad at the guy for being part of the big oh. lie that's led to, did you know that he was there on January 6th? Did you talk to him about uh, being at the Willard hotel? No, he, no, he didn't tell me he was at the Willard. He told me he was there for other meetings. I know it since come out, he was there. Um, am I furious about what he's doing? Of course I am. Um, because it has had such a profoundly negative impact, uh, on our election process on voter confidence. Look, Craig, I told you, right? I've already said, like, I am a very proud Republican. Republicans lost the Georgia Senate runoffs last January in large part because of the missing disinfo about Dominion um, running around where Republicans stayed home. We actually had Lynn Wood telling people, you know, don't go vote and you'll expose the algorithm. You know, all of that came from the Dominion bullshit. Um, and so am I, you know, am I mad about what it's doing? Like I said, you know, to, uh, to our election process, which we have to have confidence in and rely upon. Um, and so it's hurting the country as a whole, but it's also had a tremendously disastrous uh, impact on the Republican party. So am I mad? You're damn right. I'm mad for a lot of different reasons. And then we get to, you know, death threats against election officials. I mean, we can keep going about reasons why I'm so pissed about the disinfo Robert, you say um, you're and, pissed. and the impact that's happening. Uh, frankly, you say you're pissed, and, and mm-hmm. I believe you are, but you're not pissed enough because it used to be that certain things were deal breakers, right? If a Nazi yeah, but- was- but but I'm just yeah. But I don't consider him. A, I don't. I, yeah. No. No. Okay. Let, let's take Nazis for, right? out of it. But we've already said that Joe Altman, he's spreading this big lie. He was there on Insurrection Day. Mm-hmm. He, he was uh, right after he made that announcement on Conservative Daily podcast. Somehow he was there with a presentation, and I wonder about that presentation. At at uh, Randy Corcoran's Rappo County Tea Party, I bet you've been to those meetings, right? Oh sure, yeah. Okay, so how how did Corcoran know a week after the election that Altman was going to come out with this thing, such that he'd be a star speaker, and then he helped your buddy Corcoran with the affidavits to the Kraken and to Jenna Ellis, which they gave to the yeah. orange madness, which led yeah. to the possible destruction of our democracy. And Corcoran doesn't take a backward step. He just voted to expel Kinzinger and Cheney from the party. He is the biggest booster of the big lie that broadcasts in Colorado. And he's your good friend. Well, so, yeah, I mean, you know, so Randy, you know, Randy is my friend and, you know, we've had conversations about that. Um, am I mad at what all of this has done? Have, has, you know, my, the last year been dedicated, you know, obviously 20 years working for election integrity, 22 years, but the last year pushing back on that and taking on all comers to push back on the bullshit um, to the point where we have gotten death threats. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, it's horrible, I, and it's horrible it's, for I, yeah, you, serious. your family, and and you know why I'm involved? It's because I love America. I want to go back yeah. to a normal Republican and Democratic Party, but you can't do it when Randy Corcoran's in Salt Lake City and cheerleading for the big lie of Donald Trump. It's outrageous. Well, I know, but you know what? I you know that's why I'm very active in the public square and pushing back where, however and wherever I can, to tell the truth about things. Um, you know that's what we do as Americans, right? We get in the public square and we and we duke it out. We, we debate and we talk about things. And you know, I I keep hoping that the truth will will win yeah, out and people. It, it, and I I do think we're making good progress in that regard. I don't know. I don't know. You're in, the, it, you're in the Republican mix more, and I'm rooting for you guys to take charge. But I think you've let it get too far. It's sort of like talk radio, where the audience has just gotten rabid and taken over. Just like the January 6th crowd and the base and and the Tina. What What's going to happen in this race between Tina Peters and Pam Anderson? Won't that be really a test of Colorado's Republican Party? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it will. Quite frankly, um, it will be a test, um, and it'll you know that's you know that's where we just have to see. I know a lot of people believe um, the grifters and the bad actors who have said that the election was stolen, and so that's why me and a lot of other people are trying to talk to as many people in, as we can um, and talk about what's real and what's not. Right, but you're pulling um, your punches a little bit because you have a job, and I respect that. And but what happens? Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I mean, I can't but, but, get involved but, but, in what, what happens when Orge Madness says Tina Peters has my full and complete endorsement? He announces that from Mar-a-Lago. I expect something like that will probably occur unless she's locked up and they have a good case. Uh, I'd, I'd, but, I'd, but be, here, I'd be surprised if thing. it didn't happen. Yeah. Just like the RNC is not supposed to get involved in picking a Wyoming congressional race, yet they threw everything against the incumbent Cheney because of the position that she took. And they said, times are so serious that we have to throw her out because God forbid anybody... Listen to the January 6th committee. We need to undermine it. They said this mm -hmm. is an extraordinary time. So I'm saying for you and your Clerk and Recorders Association, with Tina Peters running, with the imprimatur of Donald Trump and the big lie theory, have you guys discussed, you know, we need to stand up now and say this isn't right? We, well, we have, and we're being much more, uh, we're being much more aggressive with that, but we have. Um, you know, uh, it made me very unpopular in some uh, Republican circles. But, um, you know, when Secretary Griswold had a press conference back in August to talk about some of the actions she was taking, you know, I spoke at that press conference and quite frankly, with stronger language about what happened in Mesa than what the secretary had. Um, so we, you know, we are we are pushing back. Right, but you, um, you you won't you won't talk shit against Tina Peters right now. Well, well, I mean, I won't. I will not pick a side in a campaign. I'm more than happy to talk about um, what we know happened so far and uh, why 
why I think it happened and why I think that Tina was taken advantage of. Like I've already told you about that earlier, right? Oh, she didn't take she, the time to she's learn. She's like the 15-year-old Russian skater. She's a minor. My God, she's a grown no, woman. No, she... She no that that but that's what I'm saying. She didn't take the time to learn her job, to know her systems, um, and she and you know she she was what she did was unethical and perhaps illegal, and I think that's what we're waiting on on the illegal part. But I have not I have not been shy about calling what she did un, unethical or a violation of her oath and, uh, of office. You're not um, a shy guy. I can't believe I've gotten this great hour with you. It's different than radio, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> and I'm not trying to tell you who your friends need to be or this or that, but boy, I don't have respect for a lot of people I used to respect because this has gone so way too far, Matt Crane. It, it has, and, you know, Brockler, when he lost in 2018 on air, well, he was in the Saturday of his election, crying his blues in his whiny voice, Trump screwed me, and, you know, and Trump's the worst. And then he won't say it out loud. And now oh, he has. Well, I mean, look, no, I mean, he told fair, his he, punches, and now... He has. Like, how, know, that uh, Douglas County School Board thing, that's terrible. What he just said and did, and and now he wants to confront the teachers... And well, yet, yeah, he, when he has a DA on, he said, well, tell us about the judges, but don't name them because, you know, anyway, I, I didn't like it. There I said it, and uh, he, he's yeah, taken grief from a lot of people, and and I know he's he, another friend of yours. He is, he is a good friend, mm -hmm. and I think that, you know, on the election stuff, um, he has, you know, I think he has really been a strong advocate now for Colorado's election model. Um, that the election wasn't stolen, and he has great concern about the impact of these bullshit narratives and hurting Republican electability. Um, All right, well, that's good. And he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. So I think he's, uh, I think, Craig, I think you checked in with him again. I think you'd be surprised. All right, I will. Here, here's the test case. First of all, I hate that bullshit question he asks of Republican candidates. Do you think the election was stolen? Uh, no, Joe Biden is the president. It goes way beyond that. We've got an active plot to ruin America. It's being led by Donald Trump, and you got to call that out. And Tina Peters but is now part of it. And so here's all I'm saying. Here's the position that I want you to take to the clerk and recorders just to consider, because it will accelerate. And this is for you, George Brockler and Dan Kaplis, if you're listening, which is the following, okay? You have to say, no way should Tina Peters be Colorado's Secretary of State. I'm going to support Pam Anderson or any other Republican, but God forbid she gets the nomination of my party. I'm voting for Jenna Griswold. Isn't that the right and American thing to do? Uh, I'll have to, you know, <laughs> so I do work for the association. I'll certainly take that back to them. Um, uh, you know, something you said there, just speaking personally now, um, you know, I won't vote for any, just any Republican. I won't vote for a Republican for that office who thinks the election was stolen. I won't vote for a Republican for that office who buys the lie in the grift, um, and is going to come in hell bent on doing something, um, that has no basis in fact. So no, I, I won't vote for just any Republican. What if, you thought, what, what if you thought the candidate was racist? Would you vote for him? No. What if you thought no. that he was in bed with racists? 
no. Okay, good. No, of course. No, of course I wouldn't do those things. Well, I, um, I, I, I hope you get educated on that subject because uh, what happened on January 6th and his shock troops, uh, that started back in 83 in the Northwest with the Aryan Nations. They came through Allenberg. The Turner Diaries culminates with an attack on the Capitol. Along the way, McVeigh loved it, pulled off Oklahoma City. Those boys in Charlottesville, they loved it too. Chanting Jews will not replace us. And then they gathered on January 6th again. And unless we get rid of that, I'll never be comfortable with Republicans again. It bothers me. It bothers me that you guys don't root that out and say, none of that shit goes here. And I'd like well, to see that. I, I think, well, so I think, I think though, Craig, I think you see a lot of people, um, in the Republican Party who are pushing back on on the big lie and, you know, the genuflecting in front of the former president and all those types of things and getting back to uh, getting back to the true meaning of, of Republican, uh, the Republican Party and conservatism. And I think you see a lot of people doing that. That's why I won't uh, go unaffiliated, because I do believe I like I said, I am a proud Republican and I do believe the party is worth fighting for. Um, so a lot of that is happening now. You see a lot of good men and women uh, who are pushing back on that. Um, and I think, you know, unfortunately, we have some bad actors who are leading this. And then you have others who um, they aren't leading the effort. They believe it and they're sensitive to it because they have an emotional reaction to a lost election. And so they want to, you know, they, they just can't believe, um, you know, that that Trump lost. But I think, you know, I, there's a lot of good men and women in the Republican Party who are fighting to do the right things. I think you are one such good man. And I, I know you've done it at some risk to yourself. You're in the battle. And uh, I love this conversation. I got a lot off my chest. And uh, I got to know you better, too. No, I, I've enjoyed it. Hey, can I just make one more uh, sure. quick quick comment? You know, one of the things that we hear from a lot of the Republicans in this state who are pushing the big lie um, you know, whether it's Hanks or, you know, Dave Williams or others, when they say that uh, you, they try to talk to their clerk and recorders and clerks say there's nothing to see here. That is the biggest load of bullshit going. Clerk and recorders, we love to talk about our election processes. If you have questions, come talk to us. We'll walk you through what really happens. Um, we're just not going to tell you something that you want to be true, even if it's not. We're going to tell you the truth. And, you know, so so to say that clerks just say there's nothing to see here, we're continuing to push to add more integrity to our elections and to to make sure that we are properly balancing access to the ballot and a secure election. Um, and we're continuing to push for that. We will always do that. We're not satisfied with where we are and we'll always keep pushing forward. But this notion that, you know, clerks are on the take or just because we won't say the election was stolen when we know it wasn't and we can prove it wasn't, um, you know, that's. You know that any you know, it just it drives me nuts when people say that. Right, but they're um, picking off clerks left and right. Didn't they get one well, in Elbert no. County? What, what's going yeah. on there? So Elbert County, the clerk down there decided to make an image of his system. Um, I, you know, I don't think he he didn't turn his cameras off. He didn't bring somebody into the office. So we're still waiting for all the facts on that. You know, I was really proud of the clerk down there back in May. As I said earlier, he did a hand recount, um, a very public deal to, to validate that the systems worked right. Um, you know, he's a friend. I'm a little confused as to why he did what he did, um, you know, with, with the images. But, you know, all of that will come out through the investigation. Um, oh, well, but, wait, but again, I mean, this feigned 
uh, like you don't know why he did it. He did it in service of Donald Trump. Why can't you just maybe maybe I think I think uh, he's buying yeah, I, he's buying the big lie. He, 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 well, I, I know he knows his system works properly um, and he knows that he knew that before he did the hand count and he certainly knew it after the hand count. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure that are that are put on folks by these grifters and bad actors um, to go and try to do these things. Um, and, you know, I haven't talked to him about it yet. I know it's an investigation, so I, I don't think he'll be talking about it um, to me. Uh, but at some point I will, you know, talk to him and, you know, just, you know, what, why? And right? it, it, but, well, let me, let me, let's, let's think about that. He's not being romanced by Lindell, is he? Is he playing around with the guy? He did, no, he did, know. he participated in a lawsuit, right? He, yeah, I don't think so. Well, the, you know, the guy that Lindell hired to run his, uh, his bullshit election fraud unit, um, you know, I know that the clerk down there has been in touch with him. Um, but I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he's at Tina Peters, uh, where Tina Peters is at. I, I haven't so. had a case recently in Elbert County, but I bet if I drove through, I'd still see some Trump signs up, which sure. is bullshit, too, you know, because take well, those things I mean, down. Come on. Uh, yeah, no, it's people, a slap uh, at Joe I mean, Biden. And, but what I'm saying, can, if you, if you want to know though. why your friend did this, it's probably given into the pressure in the community. Hey, yes, Trump I says it's right. a big no, lie. I think that's right, Craig. So Craig, that's I why that's I mentioned right. these signs. It's, it, it's gone beyond normal politics, and it's really at a dangerous level. But the thing is, you are a leader. You're not just uh, a good man, but you're a leader standing up but really, do you think that you guys can, you talk about Ron Hanks, he's running for U.S. Senate. You're talking about Dave Williams, who might replace Lamborn down in the House. These are major figures in the Colorado Republican Party. And I just don't know if your leadership can match theirs in terms of, uh, you know, great followers. I you know, you're a great yeah. guy, but I don't see you well, leading an army like Hanks and, and Dave Williams no. is trying together. They, and, well, and, and they they have an advantage, too, because, you know, as I said, and as you've heard me say here as an election official, um, you know, I purposely uh, try to stay away from a lot of uh, partisan stuff. And they can go right to the red meat and try to connect with people that way. Um, whereas I, you know, you know, I have to be careful and, you know, the minute I, the minute I lose that Craig, the minute, you know, then that allows somebody to question me as an election administrator and we need, that's what's necessary. So right, but extraordinary I keep, times call for extraordinary know, measures. And I don't want to use the RNC that, as an example, but they broke that precedent and you're fighting against some. I mean, can not, you conceive saying, if these guys take charge, say Trump takes over, puts in his own election officials, isn't it conceivable that we've already had our last fair election in America? You can uh, conceive of that, can't you? I, I'm, I'm concerned about a lot of the rhetoric we're hearing from some of the people that are running, yes. How about um, Ron does, Hanks, election czar under his second administration of Donald Trump? You know, yeah, that, I mean, well, I mean, uh, everybody should everybody should fear that because, you know, um, you know, the things that he says about our election have no basis in fact. And anybody who thinks 
the ridiculous thing that happened in Arizona that people tried to say was an audit and try to defend that. Uh, you just um, got to say it's, two it's words. You got to say it's two ridiculous. words to please Trump, and that is Trump wins. Trump wins. Yeah. No matter what the vote is, Trump wins. And I, it's 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 ridiculous to see that America's gotten to this point, but it is because you guys in the Republican Party aren't saying, hey, this is a deal breaker. We're, we're never going to support you, Tina Peters. Get out of town with that bullshit. That's what you probably yeah. said to truthers after 9-11, right? That's what you'd right. say to, you know, a guy who walks in with a Nazi uniform. You got to start saying yep. that. This is a deal breaker, dude. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I, you know, you, you never say never, but the, the minute you lose that, you know, in this position, then people, you know, as an election official, and we need those independent arbiters to be able to go and make sure that processes are above board and people can look and say that guy or that gal is not going to break their, you know, their oath, um, whether it's a personal oath or a professional oath um, to cross to cross that line. Um, you know, we have to be able to rely on some people. And right now, the people that you can rely on um, are the vast majority of election officials who go to work every day, despite hostile environments, despite threats, despite all the bullshit they have to face. And they say, you know what, today you can trust the worker that I'm going to do. We, we can't lose that, Craig. We have I, to I, have I, that. I know. Now, uh, really, uh, you're making me sad because I did sort of a dangerous job as a prosecutor in Denver for 16 years going after badass criminals. And now who would have thought that being a clerk and recorder is a dangerous job? And, right. and, was, and so who wants to do that job? Probably you're not getting the same quality selection because people say why am i going to subject my family to this so isn't that a danger to your profession of course it is and we're losing good men and women all across the country Mm -hmm. who have been threatened they don't want to deal with this anymore and you know same with teachers and cops and and this donald trump's responsible for that bullshit too you and i know it for the meanness i mean craig to be fair it goes deeper than that it's not everything that's wrong in america is not donald trump there's plenty of blame to go around he fucked up so many norms in america with his language look at me cursing he 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 generates (laughs) it and that's somehow i somehow i suspect you may have dropped an f-bomb uh before 2016 not really talking about politics, because really, yeah. you, you'd you have to admit, my politics are middle of the road. You'd have to give me an issue, and I'm a little unpredictable. Some things conservative, yeah, some things that's not. True. But that's to me, true. they're I remember just, when you came out for Tom uh, back in 10, too, right? So Yeah, because yeah. I thought he had a decent heart, and Hickenlooper would not engage, and Dan Mays was a joke, yeah. and, and all of that. So I voted you for— You surprised me. You have I, surprised I voted me, for absolutely. Romney, too. And uh, right. when Bar- Barack Obama disappointed me. Right. And, right. Uh, and Trump in 16. And Trump in yeah, 16. Yeah, God, bring it up. Yeah, but uh, it's... <laughs> right. And so, yeah. so right. I, I Everybody, you know, I welcome anybody who falls off the Trump bandwagon, including Peter Boyles has had on some great guests talking about mm-hmm. the big lie. And mm-hmm. he's going to reach more people than I ever will because people know that... Uh, I think Trump is a bad guy, and one of the main reasons he is, he cost my county, Matt Crane, as a good clerk and recorder. <laughs> oh, you're the best. I appreciate it. That, it was a tough one, but like I said, the Lord's taking care of me, and you know, I, I think perhaps I'm in a better position to fight all this bullshit now 
um, now that I'm not in office and, uh, you know, I, uh, and I'm doing work both nationally and here in Colorado. Um, so it's funny how things worked out. Right. They've worked out well. And you are brave to be on my show. And thanks for the nice words. My best to your family. Stay safe and stay, stay honest because you are an honest man, Matt Crane. Thank you. You have my word, sir. I appreciate that. Okay. Take care. Bye. You as well. Bye-bye. Hey, if you like this show, please shout it out on your Purple Apple podcast app. It would be so wonderful if you would scroll down, spot that place to leave a five-star review and your personal review. Kind words appreciated. Thanks so much. Tell your friends. I can't help it that I listen to talk radio and may as well be productive. At the start of this show, I played Professor Alex Theodoridis from UMass Amherst. He was terrific. Here's an example of what we need more of. Peter Boyle's having this guest on telling fundamental truths and giving us the title of our show, Deal-Breaking Bullshit. I'm a Ronald Reagan fan. And I wonder what happened to Ronald Reagan's big tent. Remember Ronald Reagan talked about the big tent? And just to give you an idea of how this operates, uh, we have, I call it the wall of hate. People send us text messaging. And other than your ethnicity, (laughs) it's like, so someone asked, this is the either or. Who's crazier, Trump voters or Biden voters? It's not an either either or. And they they turned it into this. And uh, another one, uh, so who are you going to vote for? A conservative, this. A conservative. I said, no, it, it, that isn't. That has nothing to do with any of this, and that's what these media giants that control all of this, or the rest of the, the fools that, as they said, the fiddle and middles of stations are gone. It's not an either yeah. or. And at some point, at some point, you like to think. I mean, what what you're describing is sort of what aboutism, right? Which oh, sure, which happens course. all the all yeah, the time. Yeah. Which is, you know, oh well, okay, because that that's the natural reaction. Like, you know, okay, this is a bad thing, but what about this? What about that? What about this? The other group did. The point is, at some point, you can always find things like that, but at some point you like to think that there are deal breakers, right? Things that if if the person does it, that's it, right? And so, you know, before 2016, I would have liked to think that Donald Trump's um, fairly, you know, fairly clear and transparent racist appeals mm-hmm. would have been a deal breaker for a lot of people. Well, they weren't. And then the, you know, Charlottesville, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the saying, the fi- you know, very mm-hmm. fine people on both sides and just being unwilling to do what mm-hmm. every president would have done before that, which is just to condemn this, even if you don't believe it, just condemn it in a full-throated mm-hmm. way. And, you know, uh, that th- that unwillingness would have been a deal breaker. And it- then, you know, other stuff along the way. But, but you know, at the, the very most recent example, or I mean, it's, it's an mm-hmm. ongoing example, um, you know, is, is January 6th and mm-hmm. the big lie. Mm-hmm. And that's apparently not a deal breaker for a lot of but people. But they have it, people, and, supporters uh, that tell you that isn't what you saw. And it was this and they come up with video and they do all of this craziness. But it, I call it right. the, the Shroud of Turin defense or the better one that right. I've called and I got hell for it because some guy said I didn't understand it was the Lyndon Johnson defense when Richard Nixon is caught. His supporters said, well, Lyndon Johnson told lies, too, as, yeah. as, as if that made it OK. Right. Right. And you're right. I mean, there are people out there that tell you it was 
Antifa and Black Lives Matter and the FBI, and then they got all these different videos, and they, they spin this stuff. And yeah. Well, that, and they get emboldened, though. Well, I mean, sure, that's of course. the thing is that normally, normally you expect elites to marginalize that kind of thing. Because they don't want to be attached to that. I mean, you know, it's it's, but but that seems to not well, be the case. Because I think they've discovered that nothing matters. Well, to the you wall. Know, there's no for you, professor. It says, get this lib off. Don't ever bring him back. All right. Yeah. See, yeah. and you know, we talk about how the left silences voices, and to, so do these people. I mean, I, like I said, when the time comes, but it's been a run. It's been interesting to watch this. From a group of yeah. people you, you would not expect it from. Yeah, right. you're not. You know, yeah, they don't I mean, like what you thing. say, so you shouldn't be allowed to say it. Yeah, and and just you know, going. I just think too much of it is just people not having, not having the backbone. And then the chutzpah, chutzpah, chutzpah of Peter Boyles, who used to rip both ways, Bob Beaupre, vagina to get. Do you remember when he said that? He called our governor Pontius Polis for the longest time, and now he's against name-calling? You know, lessons learned. When all you do is call someone a name, you've lost the argument. You've lost the discussion. When you present facts and evidence, then you, you got a dog in the fight, but... Just calling people names, you've already lost your argument. Good morning, everyone. David Harsani coming up. It's a Wednesday, February the 16th. Snow in the cast. Here's the thing about George Brockler. He's written a column saying that he has no blame in this teacher doxing thing, where if you give a person's name, you can usually find their address. And he said he wanted these teachers confronted. And this is in an environment in Douglas County where... I don't know who's the grand poobah. Is it Joe Oldman, George Brockler? Who else is in the running out there? Lauren Boebert? Oh, yeah, she's not from that district. Dave Williams? What's going on out there in Douglas County? Can we get a voice of reason? But then you get to thinking that Oldman came to KNUS through Brockler. Brockler's already poisoning our minds saying, ah, you can't look at the January 6th committee. Let me tell you about hosting a show. Every day, you have decisions to make. What am I going to put on? What soundbite? What am I going to play? What's the big issue of the day? Or you can run from it. I say democracy under threat's a big deal, and it should be talked about. But you can stay away, especially if it's going to hurt you personally like criticizing Joe Altman, who's at the heart of this. And Kyle Clark nailed it when he connected the dots. Good part of Douglas County's on edge tonight. Hundreds of teachers have been warned that they're about to be publicly outed as having been absent from school on the day of the massive protest against the district's conservative majority school board. District security, Parker Police are investigating flyers left on teachers' vehicles this morning. Papers telling unions supporting teachers to get out. And within minutes, school board will meet to start a lightning-fast process to pick a new superintendent to replace the one they fired. We are standing by for that meeting, which has been moved to virtual only because of the snow. It's possible that the district leadership addresses the open records request, which they are required by law to fill, which will name every teacher who was absent on the day of the protest, whether they left to protest or not. Board's also going to talk about the hiring process for the new superintendent.
Releasing the names of Doug Coe teachers who were not in school on the protest day continues what's been a trend of conservative leaders in Douglas County seeking the names and sometimes even the addresses of perceived political opponents like teachers, public health workers, and journalists. Former District Attorney George Brockler called for the teachers' names to be released so that parents can confront them. The head of Parker Republicans posted the names and home addresses of public health workers, saying, quote, Patriots are going to show you the errors of your ways. County Commissioner Laura Thomas encouraged her supporters to look up the names of public health workers who had made campaign contributions. State Representative Patrick Neville published the home address of a Denver Post reporter in retaliation for a story he didn't like. And FEC United founder Joe Altman warned reporters not to put their names on critical coverage of his group, saying, quote, we're coming for you. All of this comes as public health workers inside and outside Douglas County have been receiving threats of violence in recent years. Educators as well. Two school districts recently moved their board meetings behind extra security after threats. So no wonder Douglas County's teachers are so concerned. Tonight, we have learned more about the death threat against the superintendent of Littleton schools recently. And the sound is there connecting Brockler to Altman. Does Brockler ever play the sound of what Joe Altman told him when he interviewed him? What about that sound of Peter Boyle's interviewing? This all happened right after the election when the big lie was formulated. But there's no introspection. There's no play of any sound that might be critical of even the most outrageous members of the far right. The dangerous sycophants of Trump like Marjorie Taylor Greene. They never say anything, not a damn thing, even though Marjorie Taylor Greene says the most ridiculous stuff that's rife with humor and good sound. Stephen Colbert takes advantage. Speaking of people who should be in jail, Georgia Congresswoman and, <laughs> and Terminator sent back to make sure Americans are too dumb to invent Skynet. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Over this past week, Greene made the TV rounds complaining about the scope of the January 6th investigation. Now, we were off last week, but she said something so dumb that we almost came back to do a special live show just to talk about it. This damn close. That close. I was at the airport. I was getting on the plane. Here's what she said. They're investigating our staff, looking at their social media. Everything is completely out of control. Not only do we have the D.C. jail, which is the D.C. gulag, but now we have Nancy Pelosi's gazpacho police spying on members of Congress. Yes. <laughs> the gazpacho police. <laughs> Cup of gerbil soup. <laughs> Top Rommel, Lenny Beefenstock. <laughs> All portrayed in the classic movie, Schindler's Bisque. Let's go back to George Brockler and Peter Boyles and Dan Kaplis, who never talk about Joe Altman, but they'll talk about Kyle Clark, who's the subject of threats by Joe Altman. Why don't these people who are supposed to be our safeguards, the level-headed people in the Republican Party, they're missing in action. They won't talk about it. Listen to a reporter, Chase Woodruff, who's a great reporter, and Kyle Clark, the news leader here in Colorado. Listen to what Joe Altman, this Douglas County powerhouse, the head of FEC, 
faith, education, commerce. Elder Bandemer. Bandemer with Randy Corcoran involved. These interlocking relationships. By the way, does Corcoran run Douglas County or is that just Arapahoe County? Who's in charge here? Here's Joe Altman. His style is just a little threatening. And did you think about that when you were putting out these Douglas County teacher name requests? The Joe Altman specter of violence factor? What you're going to find is is that these leftist radical groups have built all of these different sites and they all talk to each other mm-hmm. and they've got their little app and they talk to so this this uh, chase whatever his name is connects with kyle clark kyle clark connects with you know the antifa um communist leader down in colorado springs this is what google does this is how they perpetuate more of the mockingbird mockingbird media with these cyber bullies and that's really what they are if you were to do this at work at a workplace you would you would be thrown out of the workplace so the, but the cyberbullying that happens here is one where they just try to seek and destroy. But here's the coup de grace on this week's episode of Right Wing Radio Watch, because I've never heard anything quite like this in Denver Trump radio history. I worked at 630K How. I was on in the afternoon for eight and a half years with Dan Kaplis. I can't believe what I heard 532 Friday before last, when I got my car to drive home, this is what I heard. I think we see what we're facing here. It's an evil um, that is trying to be forced upon our children and upon us. And God bless the Canadian truckers and the Canadian cowboys up there on the border. And I heard a great potential uh, event's going to happen for us with our truckers are going to maybe start mobilizing and uh, doing what we need to do, which is shut down D.C., shut down Sacramento, shut down Albany, shut down these states and these this capital until uh, we root out this evil that was almost perpetrated upon us. We were so asleep. But um, we do have to root this out. We can't just turn a blind eye to it. These people must be held accountable for what they've attempted to do. And, um, or there'll be no peace and there'll be no justice. So, God bless the United States. God bless all of you who are fighting and resisting. God bless those who are waking up to what the true intent was behind this. God bless America. I leave you these hopes and prayers in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The voice you just heard was that of Rick Schroeder as a young actor known as Ricky Schroeder. And he is a pretty staunch conservative Republican, has been for some time. Can't believe that has helped him in his career in Hollywood. Of course, star of the TV show Silver Spoons for you Gen Xers growing up there. He's one of us. And I thought he articulated some very good points. And I think they were measured. I think they were well thought out. Now, the typical leftist response to this we saw on Twitter, and his name was trending for a time, Richard Marks. And I didn't play his music for a reason. I played somebody similar, REO Speedwagon, but not right here waiting by Richard Marks, who is related in his family tree to the Marks Brothers. Groucho Marx, little known fact, most people might know that, I don't know. But he said in a tweet, Ricky Schroeder needs to shut his mouth. 
Thank you, Richard. You just made our point for us right there. The leftist neo-fascists out there, that's exactly what they want to do. They hear something they don't like. They want to shut it down. They want to deplatform Joe Rogan. They want to take Ricky Schroeder and shut his mouth. Don't you dare dissent. Don't you disagree. You're wrong, don't you know? I'm right. I am on the higher ground. I am mightier than thou. I am holier than thou. I cannot get over the gall, the nerve, the arrogance of these leftists. Are you fucking kidding me? That kind of shit gets aired on 630K How? And by the way, I looked up whether Richard Marx is related to the Marx Brothers. I find no such evidence, but this guy's in an evidence-free zone. And we're proud of the Marxes as Jewish people, but it's always a Jewish target on that show. Be it Griswold or Weiser or especially that gay Jewish Jared Polis, the special vitriol that I hear from his critics. It's just very interesting as we confront the white power movement. And it's bullshit. And this guy, Ryan Schuling, he goes on to show his character. He has Bobert on. Does he ever ask her about QAnon? Does he ask her about the outrageous tweet? Text 1776 on January 6th. Is she ever asked why she won't cooperate with uh, the January 6th committee with Cheney and Kinzinger on it? Oh, yeah, they're traitors. This guy's got that RNC Randy Corcoran mentality. And to hear Dan Kaplan say, oh, well, that RNC thing is screwed up, but we won't screw it up in Colorado because we have Christy Byrne Brown. She was there, Dan Kaplitz, in Salt Lake City. Don't you get it, man? You're turning over your mic to these people, and it's destroying America, and it's a deal-breaker, dude. It's a deal-breaker. It's bullshit. Listen to Ryan Schuling glorify Lauren Boebert and put down Beto O'Rourke, who came out against uh, this scourge of gun violence in the wake of what happened in El Paso by a killer who was bent on enacting the replacement theory that Tucker Carlson and Donald Trump speak about. Study that killing. See why it happened. Why Beto reacted. Yet Lauren Boebert made a name off of it by coming to Denver and talking shit to Beto. And that's all it took for the Western Slope to turn over their congressional seat to a, a person who's an insurrectionist and not smart, she would have said gazpacho if MTG hadn't beaten it to her first. Ladies and gentlemen, in this corner, from the University of Colorado, 30 years in the ring, fighting for truth, justice, and the American way, Dan Kaplan. Dan, doing the smart thing. He's avoiding this turbulent weather that we're experiencing outside. Most of Colorado here in the front range. A lot of snow coming down. It's very pretty. I am here live in our Denver studio, 630 KHOW, along with Adeline, taking your calls toll-free, 855-405-8255. Ryan Schuling filling in. One more time, the phone number, program it into your phones. That way you won't, you won't have to rely on Dan saying it too fast. He and I were talking about that, or me saying it twice, or... Uh, annoying you with it you can just have it in your phone and there you go 855-405-8255 in case you missed it 
Representative Lauren Bobert joined us to start the program. We appreciate her time, and you can check that out on Dan's webpage right now in blog post form. Uh, we talked about her motivation to get into the congressional race when she first started, and what kicked off her campaign was Beto O'Rourke and his comments in a Democratic debate. And she gives some fascinating insight into how that made her feel, how that made her react. She decided to go to a rally in Aurora where Beto was having a town hall. She told her husband she was going to go. He's like, I don't think that's a good idea. you got to drive three hours from Rifle, where she has Shooter's Grill, which I encourage you, if you're in our listening audience and you ever venture westward toward Rifle there, check it out. It's awesome. Open carry, bar and restaurant, kind of like old Colorado. And here's Lauren Boebert, all a five-foot nothing, gun-toting, goes to this rally where she is outnumbered, there's a whole bunch of sycophantic libs you know, lining up to worship at the altar of Beto O'Rourke. And they were, call they were calling Beto like the next RFK. Or they were comparing him in his jean, jeans and kind of denim shirt outfit to Ronald Reagan, who posed in a very similar manner on the cover of Time magazine. Don't, don't ever uh, disparage the name of the great Ronald Wilson Reagan again by drawing any type of comparison between him and and Beto Bozo O'Rourke. I mean, come on. The guy, there's just so many things about this guy that just drive me nuts, drive me up a wall. Well, there's your name calling. Beto Bozo O'Rourke. But Peter Boyles has solved it. Let's hear from you again, Peter. You know, lessons learned when all you do is call someone a name, you've lost the argument. Thank you, sir. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Right Wing Radio Watch. Got a little hoarse there because I've been talking a lot as part of my job and as part of trying to save America. Thanks to Pam Anderson. Thanks to Matt Crane. There's more to come. Our troubadour, Dave Gunders, with his song, Don't Buy on Credit. You will enjoy this. Thank you. Michael Bailey, a friend, a lawyer, a sponsor. Tell everybody how you bring peace of mind to their life. So by setting up your estate plan, you know what's going to happen to your stuff when you die. You know where it's going to go, you know who's going to get it. We've got everything in place so we're not running to a court to try to get guardianship and conservatorship as quickly as possible. But then it's an orderly proceeding of things. So, you know, there's already enough chaos with the medical emergency, but the legal part of it and who can make decisions is all outlined. It's all set up. So there's, it's like the, the smooth transition of power. That's cool because you can avoid so many problems by having a medical power of attorney and discussing it with a smart guy like Michael Bailey, because who should have this? It's probably somebody close who do you trust most among your children to make that call these are the hard and good questions that you ask every day right michael right and if you ask them beforehand when you're not in the middle of a crisis then when a crisis hits we're not trying to do crisis management and medical emergency and everything else we're going okay we've got a smooth transition of power here we've got a smooth who's in charge and we can have that all flow so that we can focus on the care there are so many things in life that you can fill out a form and save yourself money, save yourself heartache. Some people die out of nowhere quickly, but more often you get sick, you have 
medical difficulties, so it all goes together. But your system works. It works beautifully. What is the best way to contact you these days? Best way, uh, you can give me a call. My phone number is 720-394-6887. And again, that's 720-394-6887. Or you can go online to michaeldailylawllc.com. And there is a an appointment page on my website that you can use. So either way is fine. Thanks, Michael. Craig. Troubadour. How are you? Not as good as you, Mr. Permanent Vacation. Tell everybody where you are. We're, uh, well, we're in in our house here, a little house that I built about 10 years ago, up outside of um, Granby on a beautiful ridge. And how was the day in the Rocky Mountains? Well, it couldn't have been better. It couldn't have been better. Sarah, our daughter, came with her boyfriend, Nick, and... And we skied. We just got back a little while ago. The snow was really good, and she hadn't skied in a few years. She's been in nursing school, and she's been working as a nurse here. And so with the pandemic and everything, she's been so busy. But uh, finally, she got some time off. And so we got a day of skiing, and everybody did had a great time. You kind of hurt my feelings. It couldn't have been better. Could not have been better. What if I was there? That would have made it worse because I can ski green slopes in rented (laughs) skis. (laughs) One day we'll we'll, we'll look forward to that. I've watched zero winter Olympics. And before we get to your song, which is all about trust and credit in a way, you trusted that 15-year-old Ruski and I told you she was dirty. Who was right? You know, I don't know if I like to refer to her in those terms, but Craig, she's a child. If there's anything that's been done wrong, it's been done wrong to her. I agree. By yes. Putin. Putin, what do yes. you make of that guy? And Putin? Yes. I can't, I mean, what, who, who am I to shed any insight in, into what he's doing? What do you think? I think he's got short man's disease. He's also Mm. a lawyer gone wild. Did you know he's a lawyer from Leningrad U? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What's he going to do, Craig? What's he going to do? I don't think he can back down now, and it's awful what's about to happen. Right where your dad experienced it, described it to us, I'm telling you it's crazy, and I can't help but think it's related to the walls closing in on his fellow mobster, Donald Trump, Sort of a distraction, little civil war while we have World War III. That's a doozy. But here's the good news, because, you know, I'm nothing but an optimist. Donald (laughs) Trump is going to fade because the law is closing in. People can't be this stupid that long. His own accounting firm said, hey, you know what? We found out some stuff where we need to tell everybody you can't believe any of the financial statements we've been issuing. Wow, and that when means did they come? This That's was, interesting. Yeah, that was earlier this week. A yeah, big New yeah. York firm called Mazer, and wow. he always took pride in that. You know, a top accounting firm standing by him, but the New York AG is closing in, and it means that a lot of his loans are automatically subject to coming due because of some fraud in the inducement. If you find out, 
that you've been swindled, you can take legal action, and he's got a cash crunch. And I, I just think a lot of these world events are interesting the way they come together, and they come together with a little song of yours. Where did you get this song to write about credit? Tell everybody about it. That, yeah, I wrote that song. That was actually from my first album. It was probably What's the title? The title is Don't Buy on Credit. I wrote it in a time of the, 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 early, the early years of the Great Recession. And just, I don't know what I had been reading or hearing about as far as people being overextended, right? I mean, the, the mortgage crisis was the, was the most, uh, you know, telling of, 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 of that. And um, as far as people getting themselves in debt that they couldn't afford to repay, right? Buying That's houses they couldn't afford. perfect. Yes. Do you see the segue? Trump, he, he owes $175 million on Trump International. And he needs to sell the lease, but if they find that he got the lease through a financial statement that is now admittedly fraud, and then judges are taking note of this. Anyway, let's get back to your song, because you have one of your best rhymes ever. And really, I think this comes from your Yiddish cup, you know, your Jewish head, (laughs) because it was drilled into me, and it was drilled into you, and if you're smart... It should be drilled into you, too, which is don't go into debt. Don't buy things you can't afford. Maybe a house you take a loan, but you don't borrow to buy a fancy car. Just drive what you can afford. Maybe someday you can buy, right? And your rhyme, don't buy on credit. How did you rhyme that out? You remember? remember? Um. <laughs> oh, forget it! Right, don't need no more. Forget it. It's like right. it's like forget it. You can wait. Yeah, you know, later on, I say just just save your money and I then think you buy. You say, right? Don't get yep. it. Don't get it. Yeah, isn't it right? It's like here's the solution. Instead of filling out those loan papers, don't get it. Don't borrow to get a washing machine. Go to the laundromat. We did that at some point in our lives, right? Didn't you do that? Well, of course. With a bunch of quarters, you try to meet girls there. I know your type. Craig, later I alluded to the to the anti-American nature of being (laughs) being so prudent with your one's money that basically that the you know the American economy runs on people buying things and sometimes going into debt. Right, the consumerism is what keeps the economy going. So it is it is at odds with that. It's a wonderful song. Don't buy on credit from our traveling troubadour, Dave Gunders. Shabbat shalom, my friend. Shabbat shalom, Craig. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I see that hand nearly every night. Diamonds and rubies shining bright. Puts the urge into my soul. I want it now before I'm old. I call up with my credit card. On Judgment Day, I put this noose around your neck. We own you now, you won't forget. Don't buy on credit.
climb Yes, first it's good, but don't pay late They'll hound you up to heaven's gate They call the lawyers, loose the dogs There's no way out, and I'm in a fog Somebody help me It's a legal way of being robbed Say your prayers, keep your job Tell a man who says you'll love it You can take his rising rates and shove it I don't know you, mister, but I bet you don't more stress, don't need more debt. Don't buy on credit. Don't buy on credit. I don't need it. Forget it. Don't buy on credit. Don't show me no more stuff. I got enough. American and it ain't no crime to hesitate but good things come to those who wait don't buy on credit I don't buy on credit you don't need it forget it don't buy on credit don't show me no more stuff I got enough no more extraneous stuff I got enough I told you that was really something. Thanks a lot, Troubadour. Don't buy on credit. Good advice in any culture. Thanks so much to Pam Anderson. Thanks to Matt Crane. Takes courage to be on my show, but I think it's fun too. Fun for me, fun for you. Right Wing Media Watch, I'm going to keep that going. Until next time, be safe out there. Have a good life. Bye. Thank you for listening. Tune in live every Saturday morning, 9 to noon, Mountain Time. Visit thecraigsilvermanshow.com for the podcast, blog, and more. Be sure to subscribe on all major podcasting platforms to be updated when new episodes are available. This has been The Craig Silverman Show. <laughs>